Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 30th of April, 2020. This is Gap, episode 514. I'm Luke Laurie, Joe Bure is here, and he has big problems with the internet. What's going on? Oh, my internet's been out for a week, hey? And, I th- like, man, I have been dealing with lockdown pretty well up until my internet disappeared. <laughs> Uh, right up until your uh, communication with the outside world <laughs> yeah until, went away. yeah uh the the i like honestly in in the year 2020 the internet is fucking is basically like a a mandatory thing for hmm. like for people in our situation it is utterly utterly mandatory uh, I like I'm a fucking citizen of the internet at this point. I work entirely on the internet. All of the work I get is via the internet. All of the work I do is on the internet. I don't publish in magazines anymore. I haven't fucking for, for a fucking while at this point. But um, like yeah. I don't publish in magazines. Uh, everything I publish goes online. Even the stuff that doesn't have my name on it goes online. Uh, like everything I do is on the internet in some form or another. I am the fucking work I do specializes in a fucking high bandwidth style where I like I'm using a lot of fucking video and downloading a lot of shit <laughs> and uploading yeah, new a lot Call of Duty shit. patch 30 gig. There you go. <laughs> um and and it's gone. And like and then you add to yeah. that like it's it's fucked, man. Like, it, it is like if I owned a cafe, right, and the government shut it down and shut down all cafes and... But, like, the thing is, right, I didn't need this fucking... I didn't need this come-to-Jesus moment. I already fucking empathized with the cafe owners, right? I already fucking got it. I already felt bad for them. <laughs> and I was already doing everything yeah. I could to fucking personally support them i was going to i was i didn't i stopped buying bread at carl's and started buying from a local bakery i fucking we were buying like mid-morning coffees from the cafe up the street so that we could you know support them a little bit and we we're buying their pasta there and all this kind of shit like i was doing at least you know at the very <laughs> least the best i fucking could inside of the circumstances yeah. it's not this uh, like as far as christmas carols go this is like the fucking three ghosts rolling up on fucking little Timmy, kicking his fucking crotch out from underneath him and going, time to fucking teach us some lessons about life, Timmy. I didn't fucking need it, right? I was already fucking there. I, I already fucking got it, right? But no, here we go. No internet for Job. So it's like I own a cafe and then the government's been like, well, it's shut down now. Uh, nobody can go to the cafe. But I also live in the cafe, Right? Because I also can't do anything outside of work, right? Like, I'm also incapable of not doing work because all the things I do not for work involve the fucking internet as well. I can't stream any TV shows. I can't watch the fucking Last Dance. I've watched the first two episodes, and all I'm seeing now is people talking about the next fucking two episodes, but I can't watch them, right? I can't fucking (laughs) watch any of the TV shows or films or fucking anything that's come out of... I'm, like, using the internet here. I can't fucking do a podcast with video on it because I don't get enough fucking reception. It took me fucking... I was playing For the King with uh, Drew and Heath, and uh, the the people behind it 
made the devastating move of releasing a 24 megabyte patch, which legitimately took me two and a half minutes to download. Two and a half minutes for 24 megabytes because the fucking reception I get in this place is so garbage, which was never a problem before I lost the internet because I got, you know, a really good fucking Wi-Fi setup. But no, now I'm fucked. I got no no fucking internet. There, there are legit places in my house where I just, I don't, like, I can't. Toilet time's fucked, right? Because I don't get any reception on the toilet, so I can't fucking <laughs> sit on the on the toilet. <sighs> and you yeah, need one of those just, like uh, portable baby ones, and you just sit in the corner and <laughs> just go. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or I did notice that they've been selling a lot of adult diapers at Coles. Ah, right. I just uh, embrace my new reality is just shitting wherever I am at any point in yeah. time. Maybe, um, but yeah, right. Like, <clears throat> anyway, it's it's fucked, and it brings it like it, it brings me to the main game I've been playing this week, which is ramming my head into a fucking wall trying to get Internode and the MBN to do literally anything uh, to help me because it has been one of the most frustrating experiences of my life. I'm. 100% done with Internode. As soon as... I, I don't know. I, one one of the customer service reps I spoke to yesterday indicated that they were going to do something to make up for my lack of internet for a week. Uh, mm. If it's uh, if they give me an extra week of internet, then uh, I will just fucking bail on the spot. Uh, but if they give me a couple of months of internet, uh, then I'll probably see that out. But I'm still fucking leaving. I'm going, I don't know, Aussie. Everyone seems to say Aussie broadband or Superloop is the way to go. Uh, they both cost exactly the same as what Internode does, but apparently they've got good customer service. The Internode process has been one of the most frustrating things I've ever done in my life. I called up when, at the moment my fucking internet dropped out, uh, and sorry, the moment my internet dropped out, I went through the basic troubleshooting steps. Power cycled hmm. my modem. Power cycled my equipment. Uh, did the the full reset, you know, uh, cable out for 30 seconds. Another, so, you know, the, the, the full power cycle. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, then I called them up once I determined that that wasn't working. Uh, but I, I'd already tooled around on my fucking router for a little bit to work out exactly what was going down looking at all the logs i have an asus ac3100 uh which is a pretty good fucking bit of kit um and it has a surprisingly large amount of details call up the guy at internet uh he's like uh yeah so what modem are you using i'm like yeah uh an asus ac3100 and he's like sorry sir uh uh no i need your modem i'm like yeah that's the modem <laughs> Uh, he's like, no, your modem should have the letters DSL in it. I'm like, right, DSL AC3100. I just figured, seeing how it was a DSL connection, you wouldn't need me to say DSL, but DSL AC3100. He's like, I've never heard of that before. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, we're this is a flying start. Anyway, we go through all of the same trouble steps, shooting steps I'd already done. Uh, 
power cycle, blah, 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 etc., etc. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, all the way down the fucking list. Uh, this whole time, I'm trying to tell him that it's not the modem. Because I can see that it's not the modem. Because the modem has sync. It's got, it's got a, you know, solid link, right? But it fails at the authentication stage, right? So I'm like, dude, it's not this, right? It's just, that's not what it is. And he's like, yeah, actually it probably is. I'm like, it, it's not the modem, right? The modem's, the modem router is still working, right? I've still got Wi-Fi, right? It just can't connect to the internet, but I, the Wi-Fi still works. The network still works. The networking features still work. It's getting sync with the fucking like MBN, right? Every single function of this thing is working except for this one thing. He's like, yeah, that's just how it works sometimes. Sometimes just one thing breaks. I'm like, all right, fair enough, right? Maybe that's what it is. Uh, he, uh, can't, he, he ends the, the fucking call because, you know, uh, there's not really a lot I can do for you here. Um, we'll just have to wait and see uh, if, if it, if it does anything, uh, but if it does anything different, uh, give us a call up. I'm like, okay, hmm. fair enough. Uh, he hangs up, um, and I call back immediately, right? Just to get on to, on to someone else. Cause what's the fucking point of that guy? Right. Oh, and the other thing he said was he won't file a fault with the MBN until I try it. Uh, with a different modem, right? Which is a fantastic suggestion in the middle of a fucking global lockdown. Um, I'll just, you know, I'll just pop over to my neighbor's house and uh, knock, knock, knock. Can I borrow your <coughs> uh, modem? And uh, don't worry about the coughing just then. Uh, I'm not sick. I, I'm just incredibly uh, awkward. I'm feeling incredibly awkward about what I'm being forced to do. Anyway, I did, uh, I asked around to see if anyone had a uh, VDSL2 modem router or just a modem, uh, but nobody did because uh, not a lot of people have fibers to the basement, I think. I think it's pretty uncommon. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't very helpful. I uh, couldn't get one, but I called the guy back up. By the way, I forgot to mention an hour-long wait every single time uh, before I can actually get onto someone. Uh, but th thankfully they've got a callback service. So I wait another hour. Another dude picks up. And he's like, oh, I can see on your account that you've, you've done this and this and this. Uh, have you, tr have you found another modem yet? I'm like, no, man, I can't get one. I've attempted. It's not going to happen. Just file a fault with the MBN. He's like, I can't do that. I just can't do that. They won't accept it until, until you, uh, try another modem. And to be hmm. frank, it's probably your modem anyway. Modems, modems like the Asus just break, right? They're not high quality stuff. I mean, it was six hundred dollars when I bought it, so you would think it would be pretty high quality, but uh, <laughs> so it's just not high quality. You know, give me a TP Link any day of the week. TP Link, the uh, the Aldi thirty dollars special uh, that doesn't do any of the routing stuff that I'd need, and so I'd have to fucking get a spare. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. He's like, well, let's let's just see if we can get it working, shall we? I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you it's already working, right? I can see it. You can see it's got sync, right? You can see on your end that there's sync. He's like, yeah, yeah, there is sync, um, but it just doesn't seem to be connecting. There's no, there's no data. 
there's no data flow. I'm like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I keep saying, right? But why would there be sync, right? If the modem modem was fucking broken, he's like, that's just how they break sometimes. You know, you got to try a different one. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, could you update the firmware for me? Uh, With what you, your magic? <laughs> how, how do you suggest I do this? So, well, you, you know, you'll just have to download it from the uh, manufacturer's website. Right. So, uh, over the internet? Yeah. Uh, oh, you don't have the internet. Uh, but I'm sure you could hotspot. Um, maybe just hotspot and download the firmware. I'm like, okay, man. Let's do that. Uh, so, I go to the manufacturer's website on my phone and uh, get there and it's got the same I've already got the latest firmware because uh, the you know the bodge job Asus router that I've got the cheapo piece of shit uh, automatically updates the firmware uh, for me which <laughs> yeah. is obviously you know one of those things that shitty routers do and uh, so I've already got the latest I've already got the latest router, firmware he's like well there's just not much we can do is there so uh Hangs up. I go to JB Hi-Fi. I drop four hundred dollars on a brand new modem router, a Netgear <laughs> something 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 X4S or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. Plug it in. Uh, I am blown away to see that it has the exact same problem, which is super weird crazy weird isn't it like just weird weird that it have the same like I'm, i've just i must have the magic touch that any router i fucking touch just has the exact same problem every single time or the problem exists beyond the hardware i don't know no, no. i've just got i've just got that magic touch anyway so i call up uh internet again uh wait the hour it takes for them to call me back get online i'm like hey cool i just spent four hundred dollars and uh, I've still got the exact same fucking problem. They take me through troubleshooting steps, which I very much uh, appreciated. Uh, they got me to factory reset the modem that I just plugged in, which uh, <laughs> yep. was a important step in the process of finding out whether or not uh, the modem I just plugged in was actually brand new out of the box. Uh, but it turns out it was because it didn't change anything. And... Uh, then they they're like, well, okay, um, I guess we can uh, we can file a fault with the MBN uh, now that you've tried it on two different modems. It, it's definitely outside of your your control. I'm like, yeah, cool. Okay, well, there's no appointments left for tomorrow now, so we'll have to do it the day after. Cool. So if they've done it at nine o'clock on Monday when I fucking told them, perhaps I would have gotten someone out on Tuesday. But no, we had to wait till Wednesday. Anyway, spent an entire day utterly incapable of using the internet. Uh, just, just great shit. Like really good, really good stuff. I really enjoyed that day. And then Wednesday comes around. The guy, like the NBN, texts me and they're like, "Oh yeah, someone will be there between eight and 12. Uh, pre, please reply to this text to confirm that you'll be there." I reply to the text. Yes, I will be there. Of course I'll be there. Everyone's at home right now. Nobody's allowed to leave their fucking house. What a fucking dumb question. Anyway, yep, yep, I'm there, right? Get a text uh, from the MBN tech. Hey, uh, this is your MBN tech. Please confirm that you'll be there. 
I will be there, I confirm. Uh, he sends me a message saying, okay, can I go now? Which was very confusing. Uh, I didn't really understand. Go as in leave or go as in come here and fix my fucking it? I don't know. Anyway, 20 minutes later, I, I sent him a mess, message saying, of course, do you need access to the building? He sends me a message 20 minutes after that uh, at like, uh, I think it was like, you know, 9.30 in the morning. He's like, your internet company uh, cancelled the uh, NBN order, so I won't be coming. I'm like, wait, what? And he sends me a screenshot of it saying it's cancelled. So obviously I get onto the internet. I get onto the internet again, and I'm like, ha, what the fuck? And I talked to a very um, pleasant man named Mark, who does his absolute best to help me. Although what he does is take me through all the troubleshooting steps again uh, on both modems. So I, uh, I factory reset both modems. Obviously, in the process of doing this, I power cycled them. Uh, I yeah, I, uh, I even let him team viewer into my computer so that he could have a look at the back end of these modems. Um, I watched him never go to the logs uh, page, which I've, is how I worked out what was wrong in the first place. But uh, he he was fully in control, so uh, I just sort of let it happen. And after two and a half hours on the phone, he arrived at a conclusion. Wow, your modem's syncing up, but there's no authorization. There seems to be a fault with the MBN. I'm like, cool. Well, at least we're all on the same page now. It's the page that I arrived at on Monday before I called Internode four phone calls ago. Um, but uh, at least we're there now. Anyway, he says, okay, well, um, oh, and while this is happening, I've tweeted angrily that uh, Internode cancelled my fucking MBN call out. And Internode... Uh, on Twitter, got back to me and asked me for some details. And then they organized, they rescheduled it, right? So he goes, so Mark goes to fucking, to schedule a new NBN fault call out. He gets on there and he's like, oh, it looks like um, they've they've already rescheduled it for tomorrow. Okay, today, real time. Uh, tomorrow... Mm -hmm. Uh, 8 till 12, but it's uh, listed as a signal fault. So um, if I'm being honest with you, Job, uh, I don't think that's going to work out well for you because it's not a single signal fault. Uh, you've got signal, and the inbound tech's going to see that. So uh, I don't think that's going to work out. So I'll try to um, I'll try to change it to a uh, no data flow fault. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully that'll come through. And uh, that'll help inform the NBN tech, and uh, and then oh, and and I'll let you know how that goes. I'll call you back. Anyway, nobody ever called me back. I didn't get any further like communication from its Uh And uh, it's nine thirty, and the NBN tech hasn't uh, messaged. So uh, I've got no faith that my internet's going to get fixed today. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, so I'll just spend another day without the internet. And did I mention earlier uh, that I ran out of coffee yesterday? I ran out of coffee yesterday. 
uh, coffee beans. I ordered them earlier in the week, but there are backups at Australia Post. Everything's going a lot slower. Um, hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't have any coffee either. And, yeah, it really feels like everything's falling apart. I'm, like, waiting for everything to steadily get worse and worse at this point. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause maybe maybe it is your fault, though. Maybe, maybe it's not the... The you sympathizing with people out there that are having struggles, but it's because you've been shitting on Final Fantasy for two weeks. That's that's what the world is coming back on you for. It's, it's karma, is it? It's karma because the <laughs> yeah. weebs of the world, like yourself, Luke, uh, the giant weebs are finally striking back. I am actually a villain, and this is karmic retribution. <laughs> Right, what you're, you're saying. I get it. I get it. That's- Square was out there cutting cords out the front of your place. Yeah, like this, this will get him. This <laughs> now he can't yell at us anymore on the internet. Let's see him fucking. Let's see him bring up his insane fucking theories about uh, <laughs> it, an entire fucking sixty-hour-long game being a scam. Now, well, well, uh, I did. I I went back actually. And I watched that video that you linked me. Uh, Which one? Um, remember last week we were talking about. I was I was saying I don't recall there being any strong indication that uh that they were going down this this story this plot route last week. Oh right, yeah. And yeah. you linked a video saying like showing that that it was there from the fucking get go. It was fucking like four frames, and it's. The usual like YouTube like hyper over analysis of like well you know here's the, like you know fucking trailer breakdowns where they're like oh and yeah. if you notice his beard uh, is tw- intertwined in this way which indicates that uh, like the fucking new Assassin's Creed shit you know uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla <laughs> you'll see his beard is intertwined this way which indicates that he's a Viking from the uh, from 1100 AD, uh, as opposed to uh, 900 AD, uh, because they didn't wear it. And you're like, "Holy shit! You're going, you're going a little bit ham on this one." I think it's a bid. Uh, I don't think they were necessarily that into grooming, anyway. Uh, and they've somehow turned a 30 second long thing into like 10 minutes and one second. Hmm. Uh, that's basically what that video was. Uh, but he was he was on the yeah. same fucking page as I was. He was like, yeah, oh, fucking hell. Like, like, what was he saying? Like, they they were expanded story elements uh, that they were just, like, the even the video, the dude in the video said that it was like, he his theory was it was an expansion of the life force which is a critical fucking story element in Final Fantasy Seven, or both versions of Final Fantasy Seven. Like the life force stuff mm. at the center of the planet is like critical to the story. Like, yeah, that must be why I dismissed them because it just seemed like they were going ham on the whole fucking life force thing. Anyway, yeah. Uh, fuck Final Fantasy Seven. They they're still talking. They won't they won't nail down. <laughs> How many fucking sequels they're doing? Have you seen this? How many sequels will you play, Luke? All of them. I mean, 
Yeah. I will I will not I bet play you it. you play all of them. I as will well. not play another one. You definitely I will. will. I absolutely this is a burrito bet. Will. Burrito bet. Burrito bet? I right, it's fucking on. Because I guarantee <laughs> you I will not. I will not play another one. At best I'm gonna fucking YouTube that shit because Oh, you're gonna gavin it. Gavin it up. Yeah. Which, I'll watch the read highlights. the highlights on on Wikipedia. The fucking Cliff's Notes version. Yeah. Uh I just didn't like the combat. Like it's gonna have the same combat, right? Like I think they'll change it. You think they're gonna change it? Is that how they justify yeah, think- robbing you of all your high level <laughs> material? Well, I was thinking about this, like how do you like do you take your character across to the next game or is it like you start from scratch again where he's learning how to fucking uh, build a little fire to throw up people? I guarantee um, you, you start from scratch. Yeah, right? And I think that's... Um, I think this is going to get him in a bit of trouble. This whole notion of like getting these all these characters together with spells and all that sort of stuff and then starting from scratch again just seems weird to me. You're still oh. going to fucking love it, you fucking weeb-ass oh, motherfucker. Solid you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's just fucking, just deep dick me again. Like, why don't you just take all my fucking items and shit? Reintroduce the same weapons again so I can collect them all over again. I fucking love it. Why don't you make the UI for upgrading weapons just worse this time? Because I, did, I didn't think it was shitty enough last time. That's you in the next game. They might. When you, when you play it. They might. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh let's talk about the games. There's a lot here, so it's a great way for your internet to break down because uh, this seems to be ridiculous list. There's so much fucking going on here. Yes, you played <laughs> um, quite a bit. I played a lot. Uh, one of these games I forgot to talk about last week, which was Fallout seventy six. Um, right. wasn't until we got to the end of the episode that I remembered I played it. Uh, that was basically um th- this like brand new update that they've put out um free update which has gone out um to the entire community um if you remember the game initially launched without human npcs i guess um there was definitely npcs in the game but what's that it it originally launched without any game in it right (laughs) without any game um without human npcs uh it's something that community wanted put back or put into the game and so this wastelanders update has added npcs human npcs into the world they've kind of come back and um populated the areas i was pretty surprised by i guess um what they sort of done by adding them in there to the point where like story and missions have completely changed uh like the moment you first get out of the vault initially you kind of introduced to um you kind of pick up like a gun and then there's a bunch of little robots that are sort of down the stairs that you run into um that's not there anymore now you come out of the vault you walk around and there's like two human characters standing there talking to each other um who are interacting about trying to figure out how to get into the vault because they've heard there's treasure in there and all this stuff and so you then start having conversation with them and um I guess the skill, uh, the the chat tree, like being able to pick your dialogue options and, you know, either tell them that no, there's nothing in there or say to them, no, actually there is treasure in there. You should go look at it. Uh, so there's a bunch of different like paths that you can sort of take in terms of talking to these characters now, right. uh, which is something that wasn't really in the game before, um, which means that I guess 
there's more incentive to sort of go down that uh that's like uh path of being able to pick that as a like a special point now as well yeah. because previously like charisma or stuff like that was tied to um stuff like teamwork and playing with other characters in the world um whereas now you can be like oh i can lie to this person and tell them yeah there's treasure in there and then like what are the consequences of that and so um i guess that you know affects the game differently as well but even then from there like you go out and you get the you know you talk to these two people and then you start exploring and they've changed like the environments now there's like um i went into a bar at the start of the game and there's like two characters in it um like talking to each other like being held up basically at gunpoint uh, and you can decide to shoot the the guy that's um has got the gun or try and talk them down uh you know there's like four or five different options and <laughs> yeah it's just like i was kind of surprised at what i was seeing like i didn't expect i just kind of jumped in to see how the game had changed because people were talking about it being um you know sort of like a return to form for it uh and i was shocked at like i didn't realize that this is what they were doing when they were putting in there like redoing main mi- mainline missions and um and that sort of stuff and this sort of kept going i played it for about two or three hours and every time i went to um like the next quest on the mission it was a little bit different to the like the last time i played it, or like i hadn't seen this mission before in particular uh so that was interesting like there's a point where you go and you're being recruited um, to do a bunch of tests <laughs> in the on, world. Hang on, hang on. Do you still go to, to, to Slowcom Joe's or whatever the fuck it is? Oh, uh, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't gone to that bit, but... That's pretty, uh, <laughs> like, pretty close to the fucking starting area. It's like a diner you go to or some shit. Yeah, I yeah. Sh- I remember that because when, when the beta came out, I, uh, I tweeted... Rather this than slow jump, slow Joe's come, and yeah, apparently the reception of that joke uh, internally uh, Bethesda was was not was not good. <laughs> right, um, I think I think you do go into there. That's where you're being recruited. Like you go on right. there. There's at yeah. least a diner I do remember going to. Yeah, um, and so you like you interact with this computer, and then. Uh, there's like a church nearby that you can go into and that's like there's another character in there that you can talk to and interact with um so they're sort of like mixing in it looks like missions that were previously in there but also giving them a bit of a twist on there or even like throwing in new things for you to do as well um so yeah i i didn't play a lot of it like i said i only jumped in for like two two hours or so um just to sort of see what was going on because people were saying it was really good. Mm-hmm. Like I, I follow a bunch of um, uh, like content creators that do a lot of stuff for Fallout and Bethesda games and stuff like that. Um, and they were saying that they're having a really good time with it. I saw a bunch of streamers that were playing it as well saying that it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I was just yeah surprised, I guess, as to how much that actually changes. So, you know, I, I guess like kudos to them for sticking with it for this long and putting out free updates. Um you know, I don't know if it's the type of game that everybody's going to jump back in and check it out, but at least they're trying to fix and get some, um, you know, get players back on, you know, their good faith for not just leaving it out to be something that people will forget, like your, um, 
I don't know, like Mass Effect Andromeda, where like that thing was kind of just launched in a mess and they didn't really go back and do much with it. Um, you know, at least Bethesda's kind of stuck with their, their guns on this one and have tried to fix a bunch of stuff. Because uh, I know like you went you went in there and checked out that sort of the Battle Royale mode, um, that sort of stuff. And, and I know that now there's like sort of even more systems in place of being... Um, uh, I don't know what they call them, but like if you're if you're out in the world and you're doing bad things, going around killing players, um, it like marks you now. And there's like different sort of tiers. It looks like in terms of you're able to see like who's good and who's bad as well. Uh, so it seems like they've like streamlined a bunch of that stuff, made it more like friendly to the player to be able to just glance at a screen and be like, oh, okay, cool. Like uh, this is what's going on in this world, and if I want to leave. Because I'm getting griefed, I can just leave and go into a new one, and it'll put me in somewhere else. Yeah, um, right. So anyway, yeah, I, I was just kind of impressed by how much it seems like they've changed. I don't know if that's something that's going to continue through the entirety of that particular um, main story thread that they've got in the game. Because obviously, you can go out and explore and do side missions and kind of play it the way you want to play it. But from the first like couple of missions that i saw yeah it seemed interesting that they'd actually changed that much in there and they've got like fully voiced characters and all these different dialogue trees that you can go through now and um you know bring it back more in line with the fallout people like with having the you know the social interaction with characters and being being able to talk your way through things and that sort of stuff so yeah anyway uh, i'm not a huge fallout fan um so <laughs> like uh I never really got into Fallout 3 um, or what was the last one? Fallout 4, maybe? Yeah. Um, new and Vegas. then the, uh, the, the New Vegas or all that sort of stuff. Like, I never really played a lot of that sort, those sort of games. I played the last Fallout game a bunch, but even then I didn't get to the end that of it. Cool. Um, but I have enjoyed like Skyrim and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I still like those styles of games. Just the, the shooting was never for me in Fallout. I just never liked the shooting. Just couldn't get into it whereas if you give me like a sword and a shield in in, in skyrim i'm you know i'm all about that it's i'm happy to divorce from the yeah the regular yeah the, like yeah. concept of shooting i guess hmm yeah um anyway so that's fallout 76 it's called wastelanders uh it's a brand new free update for fallout if you want to check that out jump back in um Hmm. What else we got? Uh, were you thinking of get jumping back in, or, or were you just joking at that stage? Oh, was, or was that? Oh, that was Nate oh, talking about it. Yeah, Nate. Nate brought it up, and I was. Uh, I Nate was like, oh, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> right. uh, I was, I was joking. But uh, I, like, I am pretty attached to the Fallout universe. Uh, yeah. I, I am a fan of that shit. So uh, I don't know, like. I just, I honestly feel like it needed so much work to get to a point where I'd actually want to play it. But I have seen a lot of people. I just, like, I don't know. You, you say that it's like a significant improvement, but like, is it, would you say it's good enough now? Yeah, see, that, that's that's the thing is I was, right? like I said, never a fan of Fallout. And so yeah. I don't like the shooting in those games. Yeah, but you and were never me, a fan of Final Fantasy VII, and you loved that giant fucking piece of shit that was a remake. So, like, 
I don't know, man. Like, who can fucking tell anymore? Where where you stand on anything where you've got no fucking emotional connection to shit? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's... I, I, I see a lot of people saying it's so improved, right? I just... Hmm. I don't want most improved, right? I, I want to... You know, like, remember they give out fucking medals? Uh... When you're like, for showing know, up, at, at, like at the end of the fucking year, I, one year at soccer, I got most improved, and I'd never been fucking so insulted in my life, so I didn't feel like I'd improved. I felt like I'd always been pretty fucking good at soccer, but I get most improved, right? And it's because the only reason I got it was because they they didn't want to give me best and fairest, because I was kind yeah, of you, you've best sportsmanship award, <laughs> right? Exactly, right? And I'm a dickhole. I was a dickhole on the soccer field, so uh, yeah, like. Yeah, but they wanted to give me some award to recognize that I, the impact I'd made for the team, right? And uh, so they gave me most improved. I'm like, well, fuck you guys too, right? Like, fuck off. I'm not improved. I'm, I'm fucking, I was, I've always been great, right? Improvement does not does not recognize greatness is, is what I'm saying, right. I guess. And I... I I don't know. If I ever get the internet back, and it's seeming increasingly unlikely as every fucking minute passes, uh, I think I, I'm going to have to jump in just to see for myself. Because I have always seen the potential in Fallout 76. Uh, it was yeah. just so far from its fucking potential when it first started out that, yeah, I, I don't know. It just didn't, it almost seemed unreachable. Yeah. I mean, because it's got those things in there. You're like, oh, this is really cool. The like the crafting system, or um, you know, getting getting bits and pieces in the world to be able to survive. Like, oh, harvesting uh, bits of meat and then cooking the meat, or getting water and filling that up into a pan and then having to boil the water because it's you know radiated and dirty and contaminated. If you drink it, you'll get sick. Um, so like, I like all the intricacies of the the crafting system. And like, um, how how deep that sort of goes. It's just for me. Whenever I got into the shooting, I was like, "Oh, this is why I've always struggled with Fallout. I just don't like the shooting. Like every gun feels like a piece of shit um, that never does enough damage. Like it takes uh, way too many shots to kill anything. And then I'm just like, I'm just feel like I'm getting. I'm not even overwhelmed. Just running out of ammo or something like that. Like, oh, I've got to be really careful about resource management because it takes so many bullets to kill these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just it just feels janky. And, yet you, and so, yet you love the Division. Weird. Division's great. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, if any game has you expending way too many bullets, holy shit. Yeah. Um so, like, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely, if you're going to jump in, I'll, I'll jump in with you because I don't think I'll play it by myself. I'll just run around and be a dickhead. Happy yep. to do that. Um, so, yeah, once right. that fires back up, we'll, we'll get into it. Once I, um, get, if I ever get the internet again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you want to talk about the rest of your games here or should I jump into my ridiculous your, list? Your giant list. Let's, uh, let's do some of my games first, shall we? Let's do, okay. we'll start with Kitten's game. Yeah, kittens game is a incremental clicker game. 
It's my new oh, no. incremental clicker game. Uh, it's on the. It's Have on you the deleted antimatter dimensions? I did. I did. I absolutely did. I reached a point where uh, progress was taking twenty four plus hours. I'm like, I am done. Yeah. Right, that's it. That's it for me. And uh, I even jumped on to like uh, subreddit to to mm. find out more details. And what you doing like, wrong? Oh yeah, uh, that's not even the biggest wall uh that is like that's just just one of the walls but there are so many walls between you and the end of this game now and uh yeah it's just sort of that's just the way the game plays from now on i'm like that's that's kind of where i think i'm at (laughs) what so where are you up to in antimatter then what what's your current what are you currently building or making i don't know i I literally don't know i'm at a point where um, I've got infinity points and I, yep. where am I? I'm on the break infinity screen and I can do upgrades here. Yep. Um, I can actually unlock one right now. It says you passively generate uh, infinite stat based on your fastest infinity. So I guess that's um, how quickly you reset a game. So yep. like at th- th- this point, I'm just doing that. It's like flashing shit at the top, right? It looks like I'm supposed to play with the auto buyer numbers to make them buy at a certain amount or something so the game lasts longer i don't know i'm like i'm at the point where i feel like i'm and i need to go read a fucking wikipedia page to how to like min max all this stuff and i'm really not interested in that so um yeah uh I'm pretty close to being done that was a little bit of a hump like that I, re- I remember that section. I don't remember that exact upgrade, but I remember that section. Uh, how many what, How many infinity points do you have? I've now got 2.85B. Um, I'm using... Oh, you're fucking weird. I'm, so, I'm yeah, using a different that's like leveling eight, system. Uh, e, e, e8 or something? I think that's the same. Like the scientific notation would be E8 or so, right? Or maybe E10. I don't know, but it's Maybe. around. Let me, that's, let me see that if I is, can change it. That's a little. That is a. That is a little hump um, that you have to get over. Yeah, E six. Right. Oh, okay. So you haven't quite reached. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you may as well just bail. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it not does doing like anything. the cool thing about animated dimensions is that it does get wacky, right? Like. Uh, when you reach eternity, which is uh, when you have um, one e three no one point eight three oh eight um, IP, you reach you can eternity and then you reset uh, and you start literally from scratch again, hmm. um, like all the way from the beginning. But everything's a lot faster because you got all your achievement bonuses and you get these uh, eternity dimensions which generate a fuck ton right so you go through all of the previous stages quite quickly but it's also got like this tech tree that you go down you can respect the tech tree and there's a lot that goes into like managing that tech tree depending on how you're playing at any one point in time uh, in eternity so you are you wind up like there's like an active tree that you can go down and then when you want to go to uh like a little bit less active you go to the passive tree which will sort of maximize your ability to um 
generate eternities based on just sort of time and then you've got the idle tree which maximizes not doing anything at all and so you can sort of matter like there's there's this management element that it introduces that i think is quite cool and uh very interesting and they do a good job with that stuff it's just upgrading that tree reaches a Mm. point where it is just an utter fucking slog like literally 24 hours and you're like i don't see the fucking point anymore um this is taking way too long um yeah they 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 make some like they make a mistake i'm not sure exactly how i like either they've priced everything too high or the I think it's a gains thing, to be honest. At, like, you start to increase your EP gains, your Eternity Points gains, in increments of five, like, so five times the last amount of EP gains, which mm. in a clicker game where you're dealing with, uh, like, numbers in the, you know trillions or zillions or gajillions or whatever the fuck right uh when you're dealing with that large uh an amount it doesn't actually it like doesn't render itself out in a meaningful way it doesn't equate to uh a number a recognizable improvement in your progress You know, you need at least 10 times because that is one extra, uh, like, zero, right? Five times is not even an extra zero. That's half fucking zero. So you've got to find your progress in other ways. And, yeah, you just wind up not actually making... When every other, like, when every single other fucking improvement requires the extra zero you've sort of like spent all your money, all of your capital on an upgrade that only gets you halfway closer. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but it's still, you can internally recognize that it's the most efficient fucking move, but it it also feels like you just cost yourself a lot of progress because it doesn't, Mm. you know, play out in a way that, that gives you any fucking upgrade anyway kittens game uh i'm not too deep into this one yet playing on android i feel i get the feeling that android isn't the ideal way to play it because there's a lot of like it's got you you've got some kittens and uh you farm catnip and uh then you uh mine minerals and then you build buildings and uh there's like a seasonal system which like changes the production output and uh you manage that sort of stuff uh but there's a lot of screen switching so the the screen to manage what you're building at any one time or what you're harvesting uh is on a different screen from the screen that allows you to change what your kittens are doing different screen from to to manage what your scientists are researching different from what your workshop is engineering uh etc etc and they're all different screens which is a little bit of a pain because it negates the clicker element 
right? There is mm-hmm. a, like early in the game, it feels like there is a, uh, a large uh, benefit to being able to constantly manually harvest catnip by tapping on the catnip button, right? Which is, I guess, the, the clicker portion. You know, you're clicking, right? Uh, but if you want to do any of this other shit, you, you got to click, you got to change screens and you can't click anymore. I suppose you wouldn't be able to click if you were changing screens on computer, but it's a lot faster to switch back to the correct screen on a computer than it is on, say, or like I imagine on a fucking web page, right? Each of these uh, screens would take up a fifth of the a fifth of the screen. So you'd have your clicking catnip over squished over to the, the far left. And then you could have another, you know, page worth just to the right of that. And then the right of that. And you could probably fit like five fucking pages onto a single desktop web screen. Whereas on the phone, each of those requires its own page. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of inefficiency there that keeps bugging the fuck out of me. But other than that, like, it's quite interesting how it, it... it's a very. It feels like a very active one uh, because of the seasons. You've got it like when it hits winter, all of your, uh, all of your production, like grinds to a halt. You do seventy percent, five percent of your regular production. Um, sorry, you do twenty five percent of your regular, so seventy five percent negative, and uh, and that results in sort of desperately needing to manage your food output. Because otherwise, all your kittens will starve to death, uh, and there's a sort of you know a little bit of bleakness there, and this like casual uh, back of the mind storytelling that uh, yeah I think translates quite well into a, a kitten, uh, an incremental game where you're basically not doing much, uh, while at the same time. Yeah, it feels a lot more active than normal because you have hmm. to manage all these extra little things, which I think is pretty cool. So, giving Kittens Game a try, uh, I came pretty close to uninstalling it uh, when I felt like it was just a little bit too active. Uh, but yeah, like then, like the the reason I didn't uninstall it was because I thought about antimatter dimensions. I'm like. Hold up, I'm going to fucking bail on this game after, uh, like, because I've reached a hump that is about five minutes long and it took me three days to bail on any man of dimensions? What the fuck, Joe? Like, when when each of those three days was one upgrade apiece, I'm like, five minutes, whoa, hold up, that's a bit long. So, uh, yeah, I just sort of fucking put it down and came back. And uh, I'd made progress. Uh, it was just, yeah... I think it's a, it's a bit of like a mental trick, right? Because it feels active, because I'm actively managing what the kittens are doing across seasons, uh, the I think the hump that you have to get over feels more impactful because you're paying more actual attention at the time. You're like, oh, sure. I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to get over this hump before winter, uh, which is going to completely tank my... Uh, my progression right because i'm not gonna be able to research any science while it's winter because everyone's gonna have to make food uh that sort of thing but uh it's actually not that big a deal and once you get past 
once you like get your science uh, and workshops up a little bit, you can actually get through winters without having to have everyone all hands on deck. It's just, yeah, you feel that way immediately. And it's a little bit weird. Anyway, kids again. Yeah, it looks uh, like there's a browser-based version as well. Yeah, right. I, I assumed there would be. There was almost always a browser-based version. They make them in browsers first and then port them to the Android or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Slay the Spire in 80 Days. Uh, Slay the Spire, I've spoken about a billion times. Uh, I've been playing it because I can play it offline, basically. Uh, I got Steam set to play offline, and Slayer Spire works really well. Uh, the Monster Train beta ended, but I don't think I could have played it offline anyway. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, Slayer Spire. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I can play it and kill some time. Uh, my the only thing I don't like is that I can't play it on my tablet like I was over Steam Link because. Uh, I haven't bothered to reset up my fucking Wi-Fi networks because I know what's going to happen is I'm going to be asked to fucking factory reset that shit again. So uh, I just haven't bothered. Um, but you got to do the thing where you just tell them, yeah, I've done it. They just, no, they they still made me fucking do all this shit. They, they, they still insisted I do all of this shit over and over and over again. I'm like, yep, okay. Mm. Uh... Yeah, it was upsetting. Anyway, uh, so I've been playing Slay the Spire in 80 days. Sort of fills the same niche. Niche? Niche? Niche. Uh, 80, 80 days. I've spoken about it before. It's that narrative sort of choose your own adventure game where you play Passport 2. Uh, and uh, you're, you're going with Phineas Fogg on a trip around the world in 80 days. Uh, it's a text-based adventure game. Um that yeah it's just sort of charmingly written and uh involves what i feel are some actual uh like decisions to be made from the player that uh i think make it feel i don't know a lot more involved than it might actually be or feel a lot like this i went looking uh to see if they had a sequel to it i saw yeah they uh, probably one playthrough, you'll see 2% of everything that's in the game, which is just staggering. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I do so love me some uh, 80 days, so, yeah. yeah anyway. Nice. Uh, that's those two games. Yeah. Okay, what, what cool. What are we about? Uh, unless... Do you want to talk about Gears Tactics real quick? Um, we can leave that to later. All right, let's leave it to later. Why don't we talk about? Why don't you talk about all the VR games you've been playing? Yeah. Um. So, my Oculus Rift S arrived after a very long wait. Yes. Um. But yeah, it arrived. Um, installed it. Everything went well. Um. It does a really good job of like i guess introducing you to the hardware um you kind of put it on and it fires up a little tutorial um well first it does like a 
little thing where it drops you in like a world and there's stuff buzzing by you and yeah giant like digital whales appearing above you and all this sort of shit and like hey here's your your intro to vr and then it throws you into this um tutorial thing where it's getting you to interact with this little uh robot um where you're grabbing like discs out of his hand and inserting them into a computer and then that sort of 3d printing a bunch of stuff that you can interact with like uh little laser weapons or rockets and um there's stuff within the environment you can interact with so uh, it does a you know really good job of of, uh teaching you how to use the hardware onboarding yeah um just to start off with i i guess um i've had a chance to check out a bunch of vr kits over the years um it's something that developers have been uh or hardware even hardware manufacturers have been trying to get us to check out for a long time um i think the one i've had probably the most experience with is sort of maybe like the playstation vr kit um and then across from that stuff like the htc vive and um the first oculus i guess uh those sort of things appear every once in a while um but yeah no it really works really well Uh, the um only downside i guess is the battery life on the controllers go pretty quickly uh i've already basically used through uh one set of batteries uh but the good thing is that i've I picked up some rechargeable batteries. Um, they take like one AA battery per controller and they are, you know, unless you've got a rechargeable battery, it's gonna, you're going to be eating through uh, batteries pretty often if you're going to be using this thing quite a lot. So I would recommend if you do pick up a VR kit, um, it seems like most of them are taking some sort of battery in some form because they're wireless. So they're going to have to be using something. Um, so yeah, I would recommend getting some rechargeable batteries and just having them uh, nearby, sort of swap them in and out. It's not like they're going through them shockingly quick. Um, like I've been using it for maybe nearly a week straight, and I've only just re you know pulled them out. But you know, they're still something that you know if you're doing that every week, you're going to be spending a lot of money on batteries. So it's yeah. much easier to go and buy twenty bucks worth of rechargeable, you know, four rechargeable batteries and just have them ready to go um because i think uh i think nate is maybe running into a similar issue or something like that where he's going to have to uh flipping batteries in and out of that thing every once in a while is that something you're doing on your your set or do they come with no rechargeable batteries like yeah mine's a rechargeable battery so i just and and they i don't think they last ages but they last a while uh like i i I mean, it's it's so weird to when when you try to frame what a, like how long a large enough amount of time is, yeah, or like how long is yeah. long enough for some batteries to last. But I would say I could play. Uh, I definitely played f- like probably two full days of Boneworks before having right. to recharge my batteries. I'd say yeah, you can okay. get two two full days out of like you know maybe sixteen right. hours, um, and then yeah you just charge them back up. The only problem is that there's two of them that you have to charge, um, hmm. which is a little bit of a pain because obviously, you know I don't have fucking two. I, I can easily plug in two fucking. They just use micro USB C um, cables, sure. I think. 
Um, which, yeah, I can, I've got fucking 400,000 of those fucking things, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a matter of actually plugging those in as opposed to just, I don't know, plugging in one single PlayStation controller to recharge a controller. You know, you gotta plug in two. It's just a, Yep. A little bit more complex. I'm surprised that they're all using batteries as opposed to rechargeable stuff. I guess it cuts down on costs or... Yeah, it cuts down on costs. And at the end of the day, like, um, they're not having to worry about batteries failing. And then, um, you know, at least if they've got... You can chuck your own batteries in there. You can sort of use whatever you want as well as opposed to just having something internally that you need to have like a charging kit for that can break. Yeah. It's probably like less risk involved. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so all that stuff aside, like I've got, I've got my cleaning wipes just arrived. Um, so when eventually people are allowed back into people's houses, yeah, I've got cleaning wipes. Um, also picked up like a microfiber um, cloth, which I can use to wipe down a lens. Um, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm all set. I've got my, my rechargeable batteries, my my wipes, and my cloth ready, ready to go. Um, in terms of like the uh, the software, it, Oculus comes with uh, like its own sort of like um, virtual world that you can go into and walk around in. There's like a uh, things you can play around and and you know decorate your own virtual house and that sort of stuff. Um, and then yeah. one thing I, I really like that it does well is uh, there's a bunch of different options in there. So you can be like, oh, I want a virtual desk, desktop. And so I can click on, um, you know, oh, I, if I'm in a game and I hear my, you know, my phone go, someone's messaged me or something like that, I can pause the game, jump into my virtual space, open up my desktop, you know, which monitor, I, I can pick which monitor I want to go to. I've got two on my usual setup. Um, yep. sometimes I'll have like OBS running on one monitor and then my normal one has my browser and that sort of thing. So I could open my browser up. I can use my hand to flick through tabs. So I can go to Facebook, see who's messaged me. I can, you know, check stuff like that. Stuff stuff is really cool and handy, um, to have. And the other thing is it's got a, a pass through, which means that there's cameras on the outside, which is how it detects your surroundings and your, um, uh, your controllers and that sort of stuff. So I can, I've set it up so I double click a button and I can see around me now. So it's not having to be like, fuck, I've got to take my whole headset off. It actually gives you a view of what's around you. That's which is cool. super handy if my, um, you know, I I need to put something down. So, so what I'm doing at the moment is I use my external headphones as well. Um, so I can put my controllers in my hand, my headset on, switch on pass through and then grab my headphones and then put them on because I can see around me it's not in color it's in black and white but at least you know i can do something or if my wife has to come in and talk to me i can just pause the game switch on to pass through and i can look at her even with this fucking headset on that is really really good that's a really good feature uh, yeah, i don't know if that's something that um some of the others are doing but uh, uh it's mine, definitely like mine certainly doesn't yeah it's definitely something that is a very handy feature Especially when you're like, even if you just want to reorientate yourself, be like, where the fuck am I in my room? Um, 
because it's got a guardian system in place. So when you set it up, you draw like a line around your play area, which uses uh, this pass-through system. So you can look at the ground and be like, all right, I'm going to set up this guardian system. So you map your play area. And whenever you get close to that, it brings up like a, a wall to notify you that oh, yeah. you're getting near your play area. Yeah. Um, so if my, so I don't, I don't punch a wall or I don't walk into a bench or anything like that. And so it uses that, um, that pass through system and, and uh, lets you know that like, Oh, you probably want to, you know, stand back. And so I can actually go to the pass through and look and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm actually like next to, this thing in my room i, I want to go back into the center so it's quite easy for you to do that if you want to but just switch and pass through on so handy um and it's definitely something that i guess we're going to see a lot in other headsets because i was very surprised that that was uh in there um yeah right and it's not it doesn't just it's not like uh um it doesn't feel weird you know like if like it feels like uh, i'm not like i'm floating around or anything like it looks like I would expect it to look. It's a little bit blurry and can be, be a bit weird if you hold something too close to your face, yeah. but I can still see around me um, and it doesn't feel awkward. Like, oh man, this is like laggy or anything like that. It works really, really well. So um, that's that's great. A great uh, feature that they've got in there. Um, but otherwise, the, yeah, the software um uh is really cool so the first game i checked out was vader immortal episode one which mm. is a star wars based um vr game where you play a uh maybe maybe a jedi i'm not too sure somebody who holds a lightsaber at some stage <laughs> um it's a really short uh short demo it's not game it's only about maybe 30 to 40 minutes somewhere in between that um it's split up into three episodes i only bought episode one it was ten dollars us right. um but like it's one of those things where if you are ridiculously invested in anything star wars it's probably worth checking out at least one of them and then seeing if you want to go any further into it um because you obviously are going to get to use a lightsaber at some stage um being a star wars game and um that stuff works pretty well like it's fine uh there's you know there's a, a battle in there where you use lightsaber and you, you're fighting other things with lightsabers you're deflecting uh blasts with your lightsaber back at stormtroopers you know star wars stuff so you know it's fun to play <laughs> it's it's fun to play and to see um but it's not worth its price i think they should be charging ten dollars for all three episodes and not Thirty dollars for three, um, yep. especially considering it's like a thirty-minute sort of experience. Um, so I'm I'm not going to get the other two, but right, you know, it I've was, it was fine one, to just. <laughs> I have heard the third one makes the whole thing worth it, but uh, oh really? Uh, I, that's Is it because you're going to fight Darth Vader? <laughs> like, um. Uh, I won't say. I won't say maybe, anything, maybe if I get really bored, I'll check it out. But it's not with all these other games that I want to play. It's not something I'm like, oh, I really need to go check this out. But it was still cool to experience. You know, there's cool Star Warsy moments in there. I just think the price tag on them is a bit too high. So, yeah. Um, someone like Nate, I'd say definitely go play because Nate's a fucking giant 
Star Wars nerd Dork. and he'll oh yeah right yeah he'll love it. Um, the other game uh, played there's a lot of games I played here. Uh, Superhot VR is the the next one that I, I jumped into, mm. um, which is one that you've talked about before. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I I've, I Uh-oh. had fun. Uh oh. He paused for <laughs> too fun. long at the start of this. He's, he, yeah. he's he like. I could tell. I could tell, dear listener, this was not going to go well because he was like fucking the the yeah. deep breath in, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, Luke. Sorry that it's not fucking Sephiroth, right? And some fucking whispers of fate, fucking up a, a treasured childhood me. fucking memory of Jobo <laughs> playing fucking Final Fantasy VII with his brothers. Okay, sorry that it's not a fucking. They're not taking my fucking childhood out the back and fucking it wholesale, right? It's just a really good VR game. And so now Luke's like, well, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. It's, it's not, you know, it's it's not weeby enough. Is that what it is? Yeah. It doesn't have you, the the weeb-tastic stuff that you require from a game these days because you're a giant weeb. Yeah. I, I, um, I like the aesthetic and the stuff it's going for. You know the weird shit it does with Super Hot where... Um, you're in like a, you're in like a strange room, and there's weird things happening around you. That, that sort of takes on what Superhot did and brings it into VR. So, um, you're like picking up these floppy disks and inserting them into com- a computer, and there's like a weird virtual sort of VR helmet in front of you that you got to put on your head and grab. Like that sort of stuff is really cool. And the bits in between it, where it's like talking to you and giving you weird like subliminal messages, um. That stuff is, uh, you know, it's it's really fun, the way it's um, sort of feeding you that every every time you complete a mission. Uh, the shooting's great; it's a lot of fun. Um, you kind of get this feeling of, I guess, the Matrix or something like that, where you can literally dodge bullets in real like. You can see a bullet coming towards you, and rather than in the original game Superpot, where we'd move out of the way like your entire body here you're moving your head out of the way or um moving your arms out of the way or or like ducking behind a knife that's coming towards your face like that stuff is really uh is really cool um where the game breaks down though is that there's sort of two ways you can interact with the enemies that are coming at you um so you shoot them with whatever weapon it's given at you like an assault rifle or a pistol or a shotgun um, or you can use objects in the world to deflect bullets um, or throw at them, like maybe a knife. Uh, yeah, I think where it breaks down is the the objects in the world is like it's terrible to throw things in this game. It's it feels broken. Um, I got through the first couple of levels and ended up pausing at one stage and being like, I don't know if the hardware's broken or like I'm, I miss something. But every time I throw anything in this game. I feel like I've got a 20% chance of hitting whatever it is I'm throwing. And uh, and so I jumped out. I, I had a look to try and f- find out what I was doing wrong. And it was it didn't seem like anybody had an answer. The answer that I found is that that uh, the developers sold out. <laughs> and the only reason that this game, like they quickly put this game out so they could do it because everyone was like, don't use, don't use objects in the game to throw because it's very poorly implemented. Um, so I end up using objects mainly 
to deflect bullets if I needed to, or if someone was really close to the point where I'm not going to miss. Um, like I would have liked to have those moments where I'm throwing a knife that's someone that's a decent distance away. Occasionally I'd hit them, but some occasions like the thing had just either wouldn't go anywhere or go completely off course of where I was throwing it. Um, it was just too unreliable to a point where it felt like there was no point in me doing any of that stuff. So um, that kind of really brought it down to me because it felt like half of the game wasn't working um, because you kind of given the guns and then there's some levels where you, all you've got is objects to try and deal with the enemies and it just completely fell apart in those moments. So, um, but you know, for the most part, I still had, I had fun playing it. It's just, I wish that that stuff worked a lot better. And when you eventually get to a game like Half-Life where I feel like every time I threw something in that game, I was completely in control. Like it shows you the stark difference between how um, one game can do it really well and a completely another game can just do it so poorly that it kind of breaks it for you. Uh, and this is before I even got to playing Half-Life. Uh, I just felt like something wasn't right in the way it was implementing um, throwing, at least. I think it's um, a bit harsh to th- say that they sold out. I th- think it is, you know, the first <laughs> the first iteration of uh, technology. Sure. And uh, Half-Life, I mean, comparing it to Half-Life is pretty harsh because despite developing the technology themselves, Valve took fucking 18 years to make Half-Life Alex. Uh, so clearly it took them a lot of time to, to get it to a point where it <laughs> you know, actually felt good to play. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I just... Go on. I was going to say, I, I found the... Because um, when I type in Superhot VR throwing objects, the first post that comes up, it says, the developers accepted a huge payout from Oculus... T- to forget how to make games survive. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right. Um, yeah, because, I, I don't know, I think it works pretty well most of the time. Like, uh, it just takes, like, some learning. Like, you li- you have to learn how to throw in super hot because uh, it doesn't work the way... The way you it, expect, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work, like, it would in real life, I suppose, you know, like you, yeah. which is obviously not good, right? Like that's the, I'm not, it's not a defense of super hot. I'm just saying that like, it's not, uh, I, I don't think you'd criticize a, uh, baseball game. Cause you don't throw your, your controller at the screen, right? Like, uh, the same way that you would, you know, like, if you or like skate, right? Skate. You to to do a trick in skate, you move the thumbstick in certain ways, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. like fighting game combos, right? Which is is not how you would do a fucking trick in real life, but you accept it because that's the function of the game. I think the problem is that you know with the presence of VR, you expect it to work the way that it should, and a yeah. lot of super hot is based on things working the way it should in real life. So when it doesn't work that way, it feels bad. But I guess what I'm saying is, once you understand how to throw in super hot, it's actually not that bad, um, and actually pretty useful. Like when I play super hot, right? 
there are some levels where, because I know where I'm going to teleport to next, when I finish a guy, like, when I shoot a guy, I'm thinking of, like, the... There's one level where you're... You start off... Uh, near, like, the... Basically in an airport near the uh, area where they, they they scan your luggage, right? Mm-hmm. You start off down there and you'll kill the people down the bottom and all you've got is, like, stuff to throw. So you'll pick up... Whatever you got, you throw it at them. If you time it right, you can throw it and they'll drop their gun towards you. You grab the gun, shoot one guy, and then you throw the gun towards where you're going to teleport, right? And then when you teleport and move, you can catch that gun and use it, which is fucking amazing, right? But it requires you to be good at throwing fucking in super hot. Uh, But, like, I feel like that itself indicates that uh i guess super hot has functional throwing it's just not you know you have to learn how that throwing works yeah yeah i try i tried that a bunch like maybe i'm throwing it too hard or not enough or i've got to be slower or I went to a, from going like overarm to like sideways throws because at a point you get like um like ninja stars and stuff like that. Yeah. And so rather than throwing them like fucking overhead ninja stars, I was like throwing them sideways and that wasn't working either. And it's just like at a point where I, I, I just gave up trying to figure out how to properly do it uh, and even looking, you know, trying to find videos and people ha- recommending how to do it. Um, I, I just couldn't like instead I all I found was threads of people being like, the throwing's broken. <laughs> Don't even bother. Just use it as um, to to deflect uh, bullets and things like that. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I found in my experience, what I do is I like cast, like it's a fireball or something. Like I will throw it sort of in a direct forward motion. I don't like. There's no arc, right? It yeah. would be like if you're to. Yeah, I I think like if you were to cast a fucking spell or something, that's how I think about yeah. it. That's how I throw. Right. And, yeah, I was so I was doing it from the chest. I was trying to do it from the chest, like a right. I don't know, like a ninja throw, ninja right. stuff or frisbee, like a frisbee throw, I guess. But right. starting in a chest. Um. Yeah, I was doing all sorts of weird things to try and get it going. It was just like ah, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, like it's a four-year-old game at this stage. Um. Maybe. They just, I think they stopped updating it as well because it took me a bit of goes to get it. Uh, it didn't work off the bat with my Oculus. Um, you need to run it in a different build to get it to work on an Oculus Rift. Um, right. A different branch, otherwise your hands don't work. And that's kind of important because the whole game revolves around using your hands. Um, so I feel like, yeah, they maybe just put this out and then we're like, we'll patch it so it works with an Oculus and then we're done. I don't think they really updated it much. It was just kind of a thing they did, but it's still like a fun experience to play. You feel like a badass when it's when it's clicking. Um, I just wish the throwing was better. Maybe they could have just put more game, more uh, shooting, shooty gallery type stuff in there. Because um, when that stuff works, it works really well. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, the next one I played was uh, the Room VR. A dark matter. Uh, I've talked about the room before. Uh, I've played this on the PC. 
a couple of times. Um, the room is basically like an escape room game where you're given puzzles and you need to solve each each room um, and then figure out what the overall, I guess, story is about the whole entire game. Um, yeah, this one in particular is v- very like... Um, it sort of makes you feel like you're in an escape room, I guess because you know, you've now got this VR headset on and so you can look around the world and get right up close to objects and uh, experience things in a different way that you haven't before that these other games have done. In the past, it was a lot of like using your mouse and cur- like mouse cursor to to rotate things in the world and um, try and play with little notches and spin them, you know, spin puzzles around and try and figure out exactly what was going on. But now it's it's a being able to use your hands to um, like physically move stuff and um, try and play with little gauges that are on puzzles and just like little things that you sort of don't expect in um, in those types of games is really cool. So yeah, I've I've had a lot of fun with it. It's definitely definitely like a different way. Um, to experience like a, an escape room because usually when you do this stuff in real life you've got usually like a bunch of people with you as well helping you through this stuff um so you can sort of ex- like you'll be thrown into a room and there's a lot of stuff going on you're like all right well where do i start here um and when you've got other people in there it really helps because you can sort of split off and then start investigating different parts of r- the room and being like all right well where do we where do we go from here and and uh how do we try and solve whatever it is they're throwing at us whereas in a game like this you kind of by yourself and you're in this environment and there's a lot of things going on and so you've got to think about where do i start exactly and what they end up doing in this game is they give you um like little hints there'll be little story elements within the game that sort of show you all right this is probably where you should start in this room and um it'll give you an idea of like before you end up going anywhere else, maybe this will be your focus for the first couple of things you do and then try and go to the next part and figure things out. Uh, You're not entirely, you're not like walking around a giant area. You sort of, you've got set locations that you can teleport to and that's sort of like a, um, you know, where this specific puzzle will be in the game that you need to solve. And then once you figure out something in that environment you can then go and explore somewhere else and then eventually you do a lot of like backtracking going backwards and forwards sometimes like um different stations and then certain things will happen and you'll eventually get a piece of a puzzle that fits into this other puzzle um so it's not like you're stationary in one area you're sort of doing a lot of walking around uh to different uh locations and looking at stuff um so yeah i've been really enjoying it the um aesthetic is sort of like it's not horror but it's more um like it's not trying to scare you but you're in environments where there are like lightning flashes going off and like darkly lit areas um there's never any like jump scares or anything like it just feels like it's a bit more gothic i guess um so I don't know if that would be like a turn off for people the moment they fired up and like, holy fuck, this seems like a ghost game or something like that. Because I think that'd be the worst type of VR experience um, for people that are like, I just want to play a, a puzzle game <laughs> and yeah. then being firing this thing up and being like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so it plays with those themes 
uh, really well, but it's it's in no way a horror game. Um, but yeah, it's I'm digging it. Like I'm having fun with it. You brought up like the price tag of it. I think that's a um, really valid point because their their last couple of games that they've made have been between the five and ten dollar mark, depending on where you're getting it from. Yeah. Um, and this one is priced around the same sort of price that most of the VR games are. So about a um, 20, uh, thirty to forty dollar mark around there, and uh, the length is pretty similar in terms of how long it takes to beat. I'm about two hours in. I think it's between a three to four hour game from what I've read. Um, I'm like halfway through the third puzzle and there's I think four different puzzle rooms. But yeah, I think it's definitely a valid point. But at the same time, they're, it's a smaller market. Like they're not getting this game out to as many people. And then yeah. there's like the development costs of having to buy all this hardware and develop for stuff they're not familiar with. Um, but at the same time, like there's no, I don't see, I don't see any reason why this couldn't be on a different platform eventually. Um, Cause well, I, I don't know if it flat screen. Yeah. Because, because I don't really. That's how us VR nerds talk about non VR games, by the way. Right. Just to catch yeah. you up on the lingo. There are now VR games and there are flat screen games. I like how it's yeah. it sounds so derisive. It's so, it sounds so like dismissive. <laughs> oh, a flat yeah. screen. Oh, does Half Life Alex work in a flat screen experience? Ugh, no. Ugh, disgusting. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, right. um, yeah. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Like, do you, so you don't feel like VR is that critical to the experience i i mean it's I, I don't think it's too critical to the stuff that i've seen um like obviously like a lot of vr games it's it's about the interactivity with the world and that's what it really brings to the game is that you're now grabbing things and rotating cranks or picking up objects and putting them in certain places like it's it's it adds a lot in terms of that right whereas that's something you can't get on a you know, uh, on a PC screen or in a, a mobile phone because it's on it's on the phones as well. The original games, um, yeah. and so by having you in this environment now, like you standing there and being able to turn around and look at things in the world, and um, you know, uh, looking at a book that's sort of off onto the side that's giving you a bit of a hint as to like what you should be looking for, like that stuff is uh, it stands out a lot more. Um, being able to stand near objects that you can get close to and, and look at them that way. Um, it definitely adds a lot to it, but it's not, I don't think it's required. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still really cool to see this being brought into a full scale uh, environment, like at a stage where we're at in the world right now, where we can't go out <laughs> to these yeah. types of things. That's a really okay. good solution. Okay, so yeah, that was the Room VR. I guess we'll move on to the next game we've got here. Um, hey, Beat Saber. Do we, do we want a rolling a rolling update on how my internet is being fixed? Sure. Because an NBN tech actually came out, much to my surprise, interrupted us uh, while we were talking about the Room VR, uh, which is why that might sound a little bit stilted. Nah. Came out, checked it nah, all out, went to the we'll comms room. Oh, more... <laughs> brilliant 
radio from Chobo and Luco. Uh, yeah, came out, checked everything, uh, went to the comms room, tested everything. Everything's fine. The port's fine. Uh, getting data flow there, getting getting sync, getting all of that. Everything's cool. It works perfect. Uh, come back in, tested on the modem, uh, and was like, oh, uh, yeah, there's absolutely no reason why this modem shouldn't be able to connect. Uh, and then it got connect, and then uh, it didn't get any data flow, and he's like, oh, if it's a data flow thing, then it's internet. So, back to internet I go. Um, this will be, I don't know, round 80 with them. Uh, but so we might get interrupted again in this podcast because obviously yeah. they're going to do their callback. I've got no idea how long that's going to take between 30 and 45 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what we can get through. Uh, Beat Saber. Yeah, Let's Beat Saber. It. What do you got? Um, mainly put this one on to let my wife play. Um, so I set this up on her yep. computer. And, uh, yeah, she was pretty happy with it. So she kind of played the first couple of, um, I guess, default songs or, like, the, the songs that it kind of gives you. And they're, they're not really, um, I guess, popular songs either. Um, mm. uh, people don't know Beat Saber's a, a rhythm rhythm game where you use basically, like, lightsabers to fucking cut, cut blocks in, the, in time to the rhythm of the beat. Um, so, yeah, the game has uh preset songs in there but they're kind of just like stuff that the developers have um added into the game and uh and made but uh what we ended up doing was going on to the mod support pages uh downloading some yep. custom mods and being able to put your own songs in there and a bunch yeah. of the community have jumped in and and mapped um like the way the box sort of appear in the game to the beat of the song and done a bunch of things with the lighting and that sort of stuff and so there's like a whole database you can go through and look at uh different songs people have created and uh people have voted on them and so you sort of get a filter of what's good and what's bad and um yeah she went from being like oh, i'll just play one more get one more thing to playing for like another hour and a half on all these different yep. songs yeah uh she really enjoyed it um and then I ended up installing it on my PC and playing a bit of it as well. And uh, yeah, it's excellent. It's a really good game. It's surprising like how good some of those custom um, or user-created content is. There's a bit of um, like diversity in terms of how different the difficulty can be because there's a range of like, this isn't easy or normal, uh, hard, expert, expert plus. There's like a yeah. variety of like what is actually a <laughs> like normal compared to hard for some people um yeah so it can be a bit weird sometimes to be like oh do i need to play this one on hard or am i playing this one on normal um it's kind of like a coin toss of just being like oh, we'll see kind of what it's like and we'll go from there um but for the most part yeah it's it's excellent it's really a good game um for somebody who it's it is definitely a game that is like immensely lifted by the addition of mods. Uh, yeah. I don't, I've never, you know, I've never played it on um, PS4, but I just, I just can't imagine that's anywhere near as good mm. on that platform because I don't think you can mod that version. I mean, if you can mod it, then it's probably well, so they've, they've started adding, yeah, it's good, right? But they started adding soundtracks for, I guess, popular songs now. Um, 
so they've released some Timberland stuff recently. Um, there's like Green Day tracks in there, and there's like Panic at the Disco. Um, yeah, and and that might be like the sort of three or four that I've seen <laughs> so far. Like, I imagine Dragons, I think, is maybe one that's sort of sticking out to me. Um, so they're starting to get into like that sort of stuff, but still. Yeah, there's not a lot of it. It's not like a rock band or a guitar hero thing where you can be like, "What do we want to play?" And there's like a thousand songs you can sort of jump in, buy for a dollar. Um, and I think that's where uh, it had really ramped that game up, turn it into like a karaoke style or um, like more of a service as opposed to like these weird packs. Because like when you play a game like that, you want to play ga- uh, songs that you like and that you're into yeah um yeah exactly so yeah the the def the uh the mod support behind the pc version at least is sort of keeping that game definitely alive at this stage and i don't know how you go about like regulating that stuff like at what stage are they getting fucking told not to like they'd have to go after the website at some stage right being like hey we don't want our songs on here or um because that's all it is it's like a it's not it's not the developers that have Dumbness, it's the modding community. Um Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how they they get around that. They're kind of screwed <laughs> at this point. Cause you can like those Imagine Dragon songs or the Green Day stuff, you can just go download them from mod sites at this stage that people have right. created. Yeah. So it's it's kind of weird. Like, do you pay money for the ones that are, are seem to be decent anyway? Uh um or do you just support the developers and buy their content so yeah it's weird but anyway uh beat saber is really uh, a lot of fun um i i don't know how you go about playing that game in like a party setting because i've looked into it and it seems quite hard to set it up on like external speakers i've tried setting like how do i hook it up to my tv and then relay the sound through my speakers and that just seems to not work properly because the way latency sort of handles right. that Yep. Um, and then is there a way I haven't looked too far into it, but like, is there a way you can set up? So there is uh, an audio latency so that it works that way. Um, anyway, I don't know how that stuff really, how deep that goes, but it, having it set up in a party environment would be definitely interesting. Cause I know there is a party mode, but I think that's just more like a pass the controller around thing, sort of like pass the headset, pass the controller around, but people can't, <laughs> hear it right because <laughs> the headset's not that loud so it's weird yeah right yeah yeah it wouldn't like well i've i've had people play it like come over and play it before uh and it is sort of just a do you do this type thing yeah but the way my my like room is set up like you have to close the door mm. uh and it's mildly like like I was saying before, you you don't have that um you don't have the cameras or anything. You can't there's no way you're seeing anything um outside of the headset on, on the OG Vive. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually mildly dangerous to be in the room with someone else who's playing fucking VR. Uh, especially yeah. a game like Beats Over where you're flailing your fucking arms about all over the place. So uh <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it to be honest. Uh so yeah as a party game in my place it's always sort of just been a diversion more than uh yeah like you know, actual check this attraction out. yeah um but yeah like i don't know at the same yeah. time uh 
it's it's very cool what it does uh like like uh your wife my mine is like legit using it as a exercise tool during hmm. this you know during lockdown and stuff she like will play it for an hour and come out uh and she'll have like done a full-blown fucking workout because she plays she like nails shit on expert she's quite good at it um and yeah like she just seems to be having a good old time with it so that's cool. right yeah it's 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 really um, weird how um it when you're watching it on screen like on a on a monitor you can look at it and be like that's moving really quickly like how are people yeah. how are people hitting that hard um yeah but I, i'm playing it on hard at the moment the well the first my first session i'm I fired it up on normal and then was like i could do this on hard um and yeah it's it's amazing how it sort of just clicks like it just yeah it just works it works really well um whereas you watch it on a screen and you're like that fucking looks so quick how how is that person doing that but this was kind of the first game where i really put the headset on and it felt like the scale of the stuff around you was just insane um like i didn't get that with uh super hot like i don't think they did a good job of making you feel like you're in that environment like the scale around you and i don't know if that's because you're in a um like a nondescript sort of everything is white environment except for the enemies textualists um, yeah yeah um the the room certainly did that like you felt like you're in this environment but by having it sort of be stationary uh, and you like teleporting around um you didn't 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 get a good grasp of like how i guess deep things can go um you just sort of felt contained you know what i mean whereas beat saber you can see right right off into the distance and it looks um you, you don't get that feeling with the other games that i played so it just seems like you're yeah. on this platform and there's like strobe lights off in the far distance and it looks insane so that was the first time i was like wow this is uh this is nuts and you can do cool things where like you'll slice a brick and you can sort of like follow it like you can tilt your head to the side and watch the brick like fall and bounce off the the side of the map and um yeah, it's just it's just a really good, well made, well made game. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see like how do they make a sequel to that? Like, do they then switch it to like a service game where now it's um, now it's got you know a, a library of songs and that sort of stuff and customizable lightsabers or beat sorry sabers and uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. So. Yeah, because there's obviously a huge community around it, but <coughs> sorry, they, they sort of like a lot of that stuff is already there in mods, though. Like, what yeah, that's would the be thing. Right? Incentive to to progress to beats over two if you've already got all of that shit in mods, you but know? they're not making money Why off of it. That's the problem. No, of course not. Yeah, um, I just don't. I don't understand what the incentive would be for the the consumer. Mm. You know, like, what? Why would? Why would I upgrade? Well, it would have to be something significant. Yeah, so, and like, I guess that's the, that's the it's, thing it's about one of those like, rock situations band. where they they goofed immediately, right? Like the the upgrades for Rock Band were always like hardware. Like they, they had that, yeah, that peripheral element where they could improve the peripherals, but the Beat Saber is is pure software, so they have to all the improvements have to be software only. But they sort of fucking knocked it out of the park from the get go. It's 
it's sort of like the fucking the dream scenario and the nightmare scenario all at once where you know the dream scenario you fucking perfect like the perfect fucking outing hmm. and the nightmare scenario you can now never go you, can, you can't improve upon perfection uh even even if like ultimately what they did wasn't necessarily perf- perfection like yeah. what what mods have turned that game into is basically unbeatable and yeah yeah i feel bad for them i mean maybe it's just a point where they just keep releasing song packs now or something like that um i yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know what that looks like but anyway uh, that game's yeah very well very well done it works extremely well for uh that platform especially when like rock band and guitar hero really died and they were games that i really loved playing a lot um it just got to a point where issues with latency and the way that like tvs now work and trying to get that stuff to to um you know work on like a 60 inch tv it's just huge problems with that sort of stuff so yeah yeah and having to store all that hardware as well was a huge pain um Oh my god! You talking about latency on giant TVs just reminded me of another game I've played, which I've got to put in here, especially because considering we're talking about VR. Yeah. Oh, um, go ahead. But yeah, <laughs> go go straight in. Yeah. Uh, it's called Emu VR. Right. And it is literally just a wrapper for uh, Retro Arch, uh, which is a collection of emulators. Right. Uh, and this this wrapper, it's like a you know, it's a basically a UI, right, or your UX for um, for these these emulators that already exist. So mm-hmm. when you download this, you can get in the beta uh, for free. It'll always be free. You can go to I think it's emuvr.com. dot um, net. It is dot net. Yeah. Uh, you head to emuvr.net. Uh, you got to sign up to, you got to send them an email and they'll send you a link to their Discord. And once you get Discord, it tells you how to download and it takes you through all the steps. And they're pretty uh, aggressive about following all the steps. And if you don't, don't follow the steps or if you ask a question that can be answered within the steps themselves, they get really short with you. Uh, they didn't get short with me, but I saw like while I was on the discord going through the steps, I saw someone ask a step like just after I'd read about it. I'm like, did you not read? And then immediately someone fucking pops in with go read the thing at the fucking top. I'm like, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking around. Uh, anyway, so you do all that. Uh, and, uh, once you're in, once emu VR is set up, um, you've got a full blown setup, a retro, like retro arch. So it's like, it doesn't come with, any of that shit which means if you want to play playstation games you need um the uh bios for a playstation uh it's got a list of the compatible bioses and all this kind of stuff um there's like it's it's not as easy as it initially looks uh like that alone like it it requires you to be to want to set up an emulator and then set up on something on top of the emulator like it's it's sometimes setting up an emulator is difficult enough as it is like it can be complex like uh to to play 
I think it's Japanese fucking PlayStation games. You need a different BIOS to play than what you need to play fucking American PlayStation games. That sort of stuff, you know? And, and it, I think it's the same across Europe as well. And then you need a different BIOS for, you know, your other consoles. Each console needs a BIOS. None of that stuff comes with it because it's all technically copyright, uh, protected yeah. under copyright, and so they don't host it. Uh, but if you own the machines, uh, then, yeah. uh, look, I'm not going to say that you can legally uh, download a BIOS, but you could legally download the BIOS off your own machine. Uh, back which up. You back it up. Um, so you're allowed to do that, and that's what I did, obviously, with my, uh, my PlayStation, uh, so I could acquire the BIOS. And uh, anyway, once you've done all that, you set it all up, uh, you back up your games uh, into ISO format or to, to the format that RetroArch requires to be able to play uh, because some of them will play directly out of the zip and some of them absolutely will not. Uh, you got to work all that shit out. Like I said, it's fucking complicated. Once you've done all that, then you get in the game, then you have to set it up, right? And that's where Emu VR sort of comes in because you've got like a... I'm playing a PlayStation game. I uh, I pick up the PlayStation in the VR environment. I pick up a PlayStation. I press the open button. I grab the disc and I put the disc into the game. I close the lid. All right, and I'm doing all this with the fucking with my VR wands, like sort of like moving my hands around. And then I've got to grab a cable from the back of the PlayStation and plug it into the TV. And then I press the power button and the game powers up and I'm ready to play. And the games that I chose to play, uh, first I tried to play Die Hard Trilogy. Uh, I don't know if you ever played this on the PlayStation, yep. but it was three games in one. There was Die Hard, which was essentially a slightly shittier version of Die Hard Arcade, uh, which was... Die Hard Arcade was a fucking masterpiece. Uh, then there was Die Harder, which was a light gun game, which I played way too fucking much of. Was it the um, airport? And then, yeah, it was at the airport, yeah. And you legit, like, they really faithfully took you through the airport and that, that film. Like, mm. uh, they recreate a bunch of scenes. They go fucking deep on that one. Like, it's a good fucking job. Uh, and then Die Hard 3 is, uh, a driving game where you're driving a taxi around uh, and a Bruce Willis sound alike, I believe, is yelling out stuff like, I think I just hit a mime constantly. <laughs> and you can run people over and there's like Carmageddon-style blood everywhere and all this kind of shit. Um, anyway, magnificent game. I wanted to play the light gun game, Die Harder, right? Which is the only, pretty much the only good thing about Die Harder is that light gun game. I fucking hate that movie. Oh, like, compared to... I guess compared to Die Hard and Die Hard 3, I fucking hate that movie. I mean, it's... You know, like... Like, I don't... It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, right? Uh, I watched Bloodshot the other week. And Die Harder is about 400 times better than Bloodshot, right? So don't get me wrong. Uh, it's not the worst film you'll ever see. It's just... It's then being compared to Die Hard 1 and 3, and uh, it doesn't doesn't measure up so well. But Die Harder, the game, 
Die Hard 2, Die Harder, or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, fuck yeah, I'm in. Um, I wanted to play it, because I figure, right, if any platform is made to bring back the light gun game experience, it's VR. Because you don't, you've got, you've got a peripheral. They can map that shit. It's already calibrated. Like, all that shit has worked out for you. Unfortunately, uh, that requires, it doesn't work. Uh, the emulation for that game doesn't work very well. Right. Um, it's, it's not, there's, there's an, like, because it's three games in one, they have a real problem with emulating a light gun for it. Uh, so it's not actually one-to-one. You've got, you, they reckon the best way to do it is anytime you want to fire, you should fire twice uh, because the first one will, like, map some sort of uh, pre, uh, preview of where you're going to shoot, and the second one will be where you actually want to shoot. Uh, but I think what's actually happening is it will shoot where you were and then shoot where uh like when you shoot the second time it shoots where you were before and so it's sort of like one shot behind you and it'll always be like halfway between where you're aiming like the first shot will always be halfway between where you were aiming where you are aiming so it'll sort of like you just see yeah it's it's not it's not a good fucking way to play anyway so i uh i tried that out wasn't thrilled with it uh Die Hard 1, uh, Die Hard Arcade, is still fucking cool. Uh, but uh, the way Emu VR works is you, you've got to play, like, it, do, it doesn't let you switch between light gun and controller. You've got to switch, basically switch out the light gun game version or switch to the non-light gun game version type thing because uh, of the way RetroArch loads all that kind of stuff. It loads a controller setting when it loads the game itself. So to play Die Hard Arcade, I, I had to switch out the game, which you pick up the PlayStation, press the button, take the disc out, put in the non-like gun version of Die Hard Arcade, close the lid, power it on again, and there you go. Pretty cool. It is actually still cool. Uh, you're sort of sitting there in a fucking room. You've got this giant fucking CRT TV sitting in front of you. And, uh, yeah, you just sort of play games. Um, then I, I still want to play a light gun game though. So I cracked out the Sega Saturn, uh, and I loaded up a Sega Saturn version of Virtual Cop 2, which, uh, that works really well. That works amazingly. Like, I've unbelievably fond memories of Virtual Cop 2, both in the arcade and at home. And, uh, yeah, holy shit, it works fucking phenomenally. Um, it's, it, like, takes you a little while to get used to the way shooting works in those games again. Um, the I think the biggest problem is you can't map two different controllers. Uh, my dream was to have each of my wands be one player uh but they haven't mapped both mapped to the the single player uh which allows you like i can't i can't do my my old technique was to use both guns and i uh like guns akimbo that shit right and just fucking blast cunts uh two at a time uh 
I can't do that, but I can have, because both guns represent the, uh, the same controller or the same gun controller, I can point one game off the screen at all times and then shoot. And then any time I need to reload, instead of having to aim the gun off the screen, I just fucking shoot the, the one that's aiming off the screen mm. as it is. And then I reload and then I just keep shooting. Um, which is cool. Uh, not, you know, not how you're supposed to play Virtual Cop, really, but uh, I don't give a fuck. Uh, it's rad. Like, it's very cool. I played some uh, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, which is uh, another of my favorite PlayStation games. Um, and the whole time, like, the way I'm playing this is sitting on the floor in my office, the door closed so I don't mess up with, uh, mess up the like um tracking of the vr headset uh the light off because i don't need the light on um playing a fucking playstation game sitting and and meanwhile in my uh vision i'm sitting on the floor with my back against the bed playing a playstation game and it is phenomenal like weird i think on some level it is weird as fuck but it is a phenomenal experience all the same mm. uh yeah it's just uh like nothing i've ever done before i mean i played that game um what was it called uh duck hunt no not yep. duck hunt um but it was the duck hunt game um, whatever the fuck it was called. Uh, I gotta fucking remember this. It's throwing me nuts. I mean, it's that's one of those that's one of those games that I think everyone should play. On Duck, season. Duck season. Duck season. Everyone should play that. I think it's a must-play VR game just because of uh, yeah, it shows it is such a demonstration of potential. Um, uh, made by the same people who made Boneworks. Yeah. Play Duck Season, but that's a little bit more static. Like, it does replicate a similar, a very similar fucking concept. You spend a chunk of that game sitting on a fucking, on the ground, playing a light gun game in front of a CRTV, uh, CRT TV. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, obviously Duck Season goes some places. But, uh, yeah, like, it's that's why I think it's different. This is... This is pure nostalgia, and I I think a lot of the time I reject pure nostalgia uh, just on principle because I think it is often pandering. But this is free; uh, it's literally a, a passion project, uh, just a an effort done to uh, replicate, uh, you know, a, a forgotten time. Uh, and and from that perspective, I think it's one of the most phenomenal things that I've ever seen. Mm. Um, it does it really well, and yeah, every, everyone should. If if you can be, that's the thing, right? If you can be fucked dealing with an emulator, uh, like wrangling an emulator, and then wrangling all the other little things you've got to do just to get it to work. If you can be fucked with that, it is absolutely worth the time. If the idea of setting up an emulator is asking too much, too hard basket. Uh, you're not going to, like, I don't think you're going to get enough out of this because it is at the end of the day, sitting on the ground playing old fucking games and 
I could uh, realistically get a very similar experience uh, pretty easily by playing on my fucking phone or on my tablet on one of my five PS Vitas. Uh, like, yeah, there's, it's, it's not, it's not the be all and end all, but it is an experience that I think you could only have in VR. Uh, or it's done in a way that, that could only happen in VR. And from that perspective, I really appreciate it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, it does take some fucking doing. You should check it out. If you can be fucked. I gotta find my, my PlayStation. That's it. You gotta find so you can rip the bias. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, right. Yeah. There we go. Nice. Very good. Um, okay, so I've got one more on here. Half-Life Alex is the last one that I've played um, so yes. far. Yeah, man. Uh, this this game really uh, sort of kicks you right in the face in terms of the detail and the scale is going for like the moment you fire it up, right? From the, the main menu. Um, really impressive showcase of how, like what this technology can do. Like it feels like you are in in front of this 40, 50 foot combine wall. Um, you can sort of look around you on the menu and see rubble and debris around you. Um, Cause that, that's kind of the thing that you don't get out of playing. Uh, what would you call them on a flat screen, flat screen <laughs> monitor is um, yeah, flat screen games. Yeah. Uh, VR really brings you into like the world and it's, it's in a like 3d environment. You can see the scale and the depth of, where things are in the world, um, which you don't get in, you know, on a when you're playing a first-person shooter on a screen, um, and so yep. being able to stand there and like look up at this wall on a menu and see how ginormous it is, and like this floating text in front of front of you that says like Half-Life Alex, uh, and then looking at the floor, even just the the Valve logo, right, of the the valve man <laughs> like the guy and the there's like a fucking giant man in front of you the back of his head and you're wondering is he actually going to turn around this time uh and he nearly does but you don't you don't get to see his face just like even that is just sort of shows you how good this technology is um and how it can put you inside of this world and that's really um what this game does so well is that the the detail and the scale of everything in the game like the the moment you uh started up and you're in city 17 um and there's striders walking around and you can see combined structures in front of you and the rooftops of um you know the city that you're in and just being like feeling like you're in this location like i didn't get that from uh like i said other than beat saber was the one game that i felt like i was standing in um that's what what's uh, half-life done like you you feel like you're in this world because just how detailed and how enormous everything looks like they did an excellent job of making you feel like um the stuff you're standing next to is is actually there um th there's moments in the game where you're like walking down a i think there was like a bathroom or something like that and you see the reflection on the tiles of the light uh on top of the roof but there's also water on the ground and like puddles and it just looks so 
lifelike. And because you're actually you, like, you're not looking through it like you would on a computer monitor. It feels like you're actually there. And so you can see, you can get down to the ground and see all these detail that you wouldn't normally see. And uh, yeah, it just looks outstanding. Like the, the amount of um, like craftsmanship they've gone into creating this world and making it feel so real is, um, is really what's going to push this medium forward. And um, there, there's moments where there was like a dark hallway that I needed to walk down and it was dimly lit, but off in the distance, there was like a cracked window and uh, the light was sort of shining through and reflecting off the wooden floor floorboards and stuff like that, where just really um, these like outstanding set pieces that you can sort of look and be like, oh, that looks pretty sick. Like I haven't seen any, like it looks like something you'd see in PT or like one of those um, atmospheric horror games, but you're actually stand like it feels like I'm standing in this room. This is a weird feeling. Like I haven't experienced anything like that uh, in a game like before. So yeah, the um, the I think the game does a really good job of like atmosphere, right, and making you feel like you're in this world. Um, there's a moment in the game. I think you talked about it uh, about a month back, where you first get like a flashlight, and um, it's oh, a really cool set piece where you get into like this sewer system and there's this corpse like hanging from a wall and you need to get the flashlight off this corpse. And that moment, I'm like, I felt like I was Danny Glover in Predator where he like gets the shotgun and like pokes it in the chest to see if it's going to jump off and get him. That's basically yep. what I was doing at that moment. Like had my shotgun out and was like nudging this thing with a shotgun because I was convinced it was going to jump up and like attack me or something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, just like the atmosphere of the game is like something that is very hard. Um, very few games do that on like a normal level. Like you, you get your Bioshocks and that sort of thing where they just do such a fantastic job. But being able to walk around these environments and seeing them up close and feeling like you're in that space is, yeah, it's, re it's really what's going to push um, this medium forward. And I think that it's going to be hard like to play very average first-person shooters from now on and be like in awe of the environments and what they're trying to do when you can have such a good experience like this. Um, yeah, and I, I honestly feel like if the technology keeps up, this is like first-person shooters are going to change completely um, because of how well they can do these sort of things, like make you feel like you're in these locations. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, Valve have done an outstanding job with the the world building here. Um, and then there's things like the stuff that you talked about. of the. I think you've referred to them as like minority report puzzles where mm. – um, where you're using your hands to interact with these these puzzles in the world and like spinning them around and like connecting uh, certain certain like dots to each other and that stuff looks really cool. Like again, it feels like that stuff is right in front of you and that you could like reach out and touch it. There's a the one I'm thinking of that was really impressive to me the first time I saw it was the uh, when you're like trying to diffuse the trip mines. Just the way that that looks is in. It's very impressive. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's just something about the way they do their like holographic 3D 
um, puzzles. It just blows your mind. It looks like something out of, like you said, Minority Report or like Iron Man, like him tinkering about with that sort of stuff. Um, so that stuff is really cool. Um, there, yeah, and the stuff you were talking about as well with like Combine Soldiers taking too many hits to sort of go down and die. I agree with that. Like they, um, they take like three or four headshots at most to kill every um, soldier, except for the heavier ones. They take about maybe six, six or so. Mm. And that sort of detracts from um, the experience because you really feel like this stuff should be, or these guys should be going down a lot quicker than what they are. Um, yeah. And yeah. So if, if that was maybe two, maybe two headshots, That'd feel a lot better, and then maybe bring the um, the heavier guys down to three or four, because the rest of the stuff feels pretty good in terms of like head crabs, um, and the uh, the like the the ones with the head crabs on their faces as well. They only take about uh, the head crabs themselves take about three shots. Some of them take one, depending on if you get your weak spot. Um, there are other enemies that show up later on that don't take that many shots, but. It's just the soldiers that seem to take quite a lot and sort of detracts from that. Um, but being able to see those guys up close uh, is, is really cool. Um, and just all the other things that you sort of interact with in the Half-Life world is is a lot of fun, uh, including the characters. Uh, Russell, uh, who's played by Reese Davis. Reese Davis? Is that his name? Where did I pull that from? Reese Darby. Darby. Reece Darby. <laughs> Davis, Davis is the isn't it Jonathan Reese Davis. Yeah, let's think of Indiana Jones. Professor from Slider. Yeah, or Indiana Jones. Yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's an excellent character. He fits so well into the Valve universe of like um, where Valve have got has gone in like the Portal esque of it. Like it feels very Portal, right? Um, uh, this particular yeah, character, narrative style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they're leaning a lot more heavily on the um, the comedy, the comedy stuff, which is really cool. Yep. And um, so here's a really great introduction to the character and just the story. Like I am, like the story is fantastic. I just didn't think it was going to go into places where it did. It's definitely one of those games where you know it's set um, five years before the events of Half Life, um, Half Life Two. But if you've played the stuff that's come after that, then this is like, it it fits in really nicely. It's not like its own sort of separate thing. Um, and then, uh, yes, like the story was, I thought it was going to go places and it kind of leads you into certain, um, like a sense of, oh yeah, you think you know where this is going, but it really doesn't. Like it throws some good twists in there along the way. Um with uh where that story goes and by the end of it i was like yeah i was pretty hooked on where that story is and even like where they can go in the future with this um is really interesting because half-life has always sort of been about a lot of the story um half-life one obviously was huge in terms of what it did for storytelling and and video games um and then on top of that the two sort of really worked in stuff with the physics system uh and what like games could do with physics um yeah and so yeah having sort of those two things combined into this one uh is a lot of fun like i said before with with um 
what was it? Super hot. I had a lot of problems throwing stuff in that game, whereas this one was they did such a good job of um making it feel right. Like I could stand there and throw a grenade at people, no problems, or if there was like a barnacle and I needed to throw a grenade at it. Every like without a doubt, every single time I threw it, I'd I'd get it where I needed it to go. Or at certain points I was like throwing grenades into buckets or down alleyways, like reaching behind uh, really tight knit corners and throwing them around there, throwing them through car windows, like just technology wise, they just nailed pretty much everything um, in terms of the throwing sort of stuff. Uh, the way that I played it was very different to you in terms of the the movement system. So you end up using teleport, um, which is the Shoot. default. Yeah. Um, which is the default way to play it. And it's set up as a default because it's the most, I guess, comfortable way. Um, it makes people feel That's how less... it was designed, I think. Right. It was designed to use that movement system initially and they implemented continuous movement once they saw it in Boneworks because Boneworks uses continuous exclusively right. as its movement system. Yeah. Um, and I think they saw it demonstrated like, saw Boneworks demonstrate how how it could work. Yeah. Uh, Because I think initially they didn't believe that it was something that could be used effectively. Right, and that's because people get motion sickness, right, of playing these games. Um, But I think the technology's gotten so so good that, um, you know, refresh rates are really uh, fast and smooth. Um, Latency in terms of moving the head head movements are pretty synchronized up so it doesn't feel like you're floating as much so um so yeah we used uh between the two of us we played different styles um did you use did you say blink shift uh i think is it called shift yeah i think so so that's the one where it, it like it doesn't um blacken out and then teleport you it sort of shit like quickly moves you across the ground uh, from one place to another. So you're sort of like zipping through. Um, yeah. The way that I ended up playing, uh, it was just continuous. And there's two two ways for continuous. There's continuous uh, head tracking, and the other one is continuous hand tracking. I think Nate's playing it with hand tracking from, right. from what it sounded like he was describing. Um, continuous head tracking, the way that works is you think about it in terms of using a controller. You've got left stick and right stick, which is what you've got in your hands as the ones. Um, and if you want to move around in a, uh, in a console game, you use one of them to move forward, backwards, left, right, strafing, that sort of stuff. And the other one is used to look around, right? Uh, in VR continuous, what you end up doing is the left stick makes you move around and the uh, your head acts as where you're looking so if i push forward on my left stick my character moves forward depending on where my head is looking um and so i can really start to play with it and strafe around while looking in a certain direction um i can still move backwards and it it means that i'm no longer having to like i can still walk around in my room physically and move around the environment but uh if i want to say move around a ledge, I can look straight. And then as I get to the end of the ledge, start looking left and my character will then start moving that direction. Uh, And I thought it worked exceptionally well. Like I never had any issues where I felt like 
Um, I was getting motion sickness or anything. So I ended up staying. It just felt more natural to me being able to move around this environment um, yep. without teleporting. Because I feel like teleporting maybe takes you out of it a bit more um, right. by zipping around the world. It just, I don't know. I, I prefer to be able to be a bit more in control. So yeah, that felt really well. The only time you kind of use teleport is to uh, vault over objects or jump across like ledges that you can't get to. Um, and in which case it uses the, I'm guessing the same sort of system as what you'd use for teleport, like two little feet pop up and you zip to them. Um, or if you're trying to go up a, a ladder, you can do it the the VR way by grabbing the railings on the ladder and working your way up, or you can just sort of press forward on the the both control sticks and a little uh, like circle comes up and fills. And once that goes, it just automatically pops you up the top. Um, so yeah, yeah, getting, getting around in the world using that system felt, felt great. Um, being able to explore it and move around was never had any issues at all. So that was really, um, really good. The, um, the ammo, I think you mentioned ammo management or yeah, like resource management. I had zero problems yeah. with ammo in this game. I had too much ammo, I feel like. Um, there's a point where you end up getting uh, like a second weapon. And I must have had 160 bullets or something in my gun. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm clearly, um, I'm either headshotting way too well or I'm finding like I'm scouring too much. Um, and so I never felt like, I don't know. I guess like after hearing you talk about it, I thought I was going to get myself into like a, like a resident evil style game where I was having to manage all my ammo all the time, but I didn't have any of that problems at all. Like I had so much ammo at one point, I think I had like 400 rounds in my plus in my, in my third gun that I got. It was just so much ammo all over the place. Um, the only I one that I was really that. I wonder if they've changed it because that is not even remotely the experience that I had. Eh? Yeah. Um, the the only ammo that was a bit scarce to me was the shotgun ammo, but that was mainly because I don't know. I don't know if you don't find much of it or um, I was using it a bit more. But it's definitely the most not as clear. Like the the pistol and uh smg ammo that you just get so like, much of it they've got like a blue light on them so yeah. very easy to see i feel uh whereas the shotgun i think it's got a blue ring down the bottom but it's still a lot easier to miss a shell when walking around and stuff yeah and you occasionally only get like one or two shells anyway it's not like you're getting one or two clips um so yeah i i had no issues with ammo management in the game at all um, I always thought I felt like it was building up to a time where I was going to need it, but it, it never really got there. I felt like it could have been a lot more um, free roaming with those with those guns. Uh, but I, I really like what they do with the guns in terms of updating them, like getting weird attachments for them, and it just works. Like I, I my brain can't figure out how they do it. Um, like you get a like a scope on a gun and it shows you weaknesses on specific body parts of whatever you're shooting at. But then you can also get like laser sights and the way it looks while you're holding the gun, 
Like you need to actually be looking down the scope for this weird thing to show up, like the little hit reticle. reticle. Um, yeah, just my brain just breaks trying to think about how they're doing that because you're in a 3D world now and it just looks so strange. Um, like in a good way, like I just can't, I don't understand how they know I'm looking in that specific spot. It's just strange. Anyway, um, so all like the weapon upgrades are done really well. I had a lot of fun with them. Um, like it sort of takes away the some of the intricacies of learning how to use these guns. Like the first time I went to go reload my shotgun in a Miller fight, I fucking panicked so hard because I was like, shit, I don't remember how to reload the shotgun. And it's one of those things where, you know, you you unload the clip, you reach behind your back to grab the ammo, you slam in the um, shotgun shells, and then you, uh, you you pull the chamber back down and you like start clicking and nothing happens. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And you realize you've got to like yank the cord back and get the gun to reload. Um, and then that just becomes like second nature. You just start, you just know how to do it. Reloading clips out of your pistol. Uh, it just like s- s- becomes so quick. You, uh, you having issues with the uh, ammo or like putting ammo behind your back. Something Taking like that. Taking ammo from my back. Yeah. Taking I, ammo. Well, I, like, honestly, I can see that not everyone's going to have that problem, right? I think it's an OG Vive tracking issue. The right. amount of tracking systems that are on VR headsets now that yeah. just aren't on the OG Vive, you've got like fucking, you got two cameras on your fucking headset, you got all this other shit. I've got. Two know. lighthouses that sit up in the corners of my room and I believe gyros in the headset itself. But beyond that, I've got no tracking. There's so much extra tracking in the the more modern they get, the more yeah. tracking. Yeah, so the Rift doesn't have um, uh, like base stations, the little like satellite things you can put up in your room. I know the Index does and I'm not really sure yeah. how that works, but... Um, yeah, I had zero problems with ammo or anything like that. Like, not once did I go to put ammo on my backpack and it not work. Um, every time I reached behind my back, um, your controller vibrates. And so you know exactly when you've hit that sweet spot. Um, so I never had any issues with that. And then also getting the ammo out. Yeah, no problems where I, like, reached back and then, fuck, like... I didn't grab my ammo or something weird happened. Like everything felt so natural. Um, and that's why I thought the shooting was so like interesting and, and, and well done. Cause I'd never had any of those problems. Everything was just so smooth and fluid. And when you get to a couple hours in the game and that just works, like I said, become second nature, I'm pulling your clip out, uh, grabbing the ammo, slamming it in, loading the gun. And then, and just starting to shoot again like it, at the start of the game that takes a couple of you know moments to get through it takes five to ten seconds because you're trying to learn the system like well fuck what do i press now what's next and then it just becomes like nothing when you get to the end of the game you're switching weapons putting grenades in throwing grenades um yeah and that that, that type of experience you can't get in in uh on the computer it just unless you're playing one of those like hardcore games you were talking about last week where you're where you're doing all that stuff yourself like that's not going to happen in your you, you know your triple a sort of titles <clears throat> um so i really enjoyed the shooting um and just like the weird shit around it of 
getting grenades and like stocking up on there's a fight in the game where it gives you a stupid amount of grenades and i was like fuck what am i gonna do with all these grenades and so i just walked around with a bucket and put all my grenades in a bucket and was just throwing grenades at people for the next like two fights which was in this little sort of contained area um so rather than me going turning around and going back and getting the grenade i would just carry the grenades in my bucket and just there you go see you later guys um so stuff like that that was is really cool and exciting. So like technically I didn't I had I didn't have any problems technically um with the game, not like not like you had. So I did have the, my only criticisms with it at the moment are like the um the like way that the enemies are handled. Like I wish the shooting was done a bit better for combine. Uh the AI is not that great. There's there's little bits and pieces in there where like you can injure them and they'll try and escape um, or they'll, they'll sort of like limp back into cover and try and get away from you. Um, or you can sort of like hide behind a car and like bait somebody into shooting you in a corner and then sneak around and them not sort of realize that you've snuck around and then shoot them in the back on their weak point. Like you can do stuff like that. But for the most part, it's pretty generic ai like you said they don't really throw a whole lot of them at you and i feel like that is maybe to not overwhelm a character because there can be points in that game where you feel like you're getting overwhelmed especially um later on in the game where the the harder enemies do more damage to you quite quickly um but you know th- there are enemies that it does throw at you that are really interesting to fight up against but it's just not really a um you know, not much of a chore. It's kind of, yeah, whatever. Next, next one comes along, and you'll have a go. Um, so yeah, for me, for for like people that are really invested in the Half Life story, it's it's hard not to pass this up because it it's definitely another chapter. Hard to pass it up. You mean? Yeah, it's it's hard to pass it up. You said not <laughs> to pass up, but yeah. Yeah, because it's um it fits in right into that Half Life world. You meet characters that you've uh that you've enjoyed in the past there's um new things they do with the story and then just like them the the way they cap off this story just makes you feel like holy shit what's like what is next um and i feel like i got that out of this more than what sort of like episode two left me wondering like oh i wonder what's next um yeah because yeah i think they've just done a better job this time around with the storytelling and where things go. Um, so yeah, I definitely had a lot of fun with it. It's, I think it has definitely changed my thinking or like my approach to first person shooters just in general, um, just because of the way AAA games could be done going in the future. Um, there's obviously big rooms for improvement, but if this is their way of being like, Hey, Hey publishers and developers, like these are the type of things you can do with this medium um, going forward. Like I would gladly see a shift from first person shooters on the traditional keyboard and mouse or controller way across to VR with your hands and, and that sort of stuff. Cause it makes for a completely different experience that you've really not seen before. Um, just cause the scope of what valve have done with it. Um, so yeah, I was very impressed. Um, and I, like I wouldn't there's no way I would tan it because I know that it's currently what one of the highest rated games of this year. 
Um, I think it is the highest rated game of the year so far. Right. Uh, maybe Animal Crossing. Yeah. Is it done? I but, definitely uh, yeah. wouldn't. 10 Animal Crossing. I've not played it and I can tell you now I wouldn't 10 Animal Crossing. Just from things I've heard about what? how fucking nuts that game is. How, um, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, just... I mean, like, just things you can do in that game. The, um, Like, when you get the flashlight and then doing, like, the, the way the SWAT people hold the flashlight and <laughs> just the way they thought about things like that. Like, oh, yeah, we'll just make it work this way. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a ton of fun with it. Uh, I never was bored like you were. I think you said you were trying to, you were in it for the story. You were trying to get through it for yeah. the story. Um yeah. I never felt like I was bored. I was having so much fun exploring the world. I'm just um, I'm surprised I'm honestly surprised that you weren't bored. Right? Because you said like you 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 recognize that the combat wasn't anything special, right? The AI is dog shit. It is either stand and deliver or streamline directly to you. Right? It's it's not doing anything even Right, how long ago did Fear come out? Right, how have we never progressed? How have we regressed? How have we gone backwards from Fear? Fear should have been, right, Fear, the, you know, the horror shooter, right? Yeah. Uh, is, is basically the gold standard for video game AI. 2005, mm-hmm. 15 years have passed since Fear came out and we have gone so far in the opposite direction when it comes to video game enemy AI yeah. that now we are at a place where, yeah, a, a, a game like Half-Life Alex, the, uh, the system seller for VR has zero complexity to its ai it is so utterly simplistic but it, uh, it, that could be what they're going for like the shooting gallery type thing um because they definitely move around enemies move around there are fights where they'll they'll get into cover and um use vehicles as you know a way of stopping you from progressing um they'll throw grenades at you i've seen like instances where i've thrown they've thrown grenades at me i've thrown it back at them or i've like um and they've run away like there's there's stuff in there but it's just not like a they're not working as a team i would guess generally because there's only like three of them three or four of them at a time um which leads like is my other point like it it it's never you know, I I got a lot of shit for this because I wrote in my review that the the combat was at the same time too uh, too difficult uh, in that enemies took too many shots for it to be uh, satisfying mm. uh, combat experience, right? Which again you recognise as well, uh, while at the same time being too simplistic because there weren't enough enemies to actually like result in. But like it, it, I'm 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 wanting interesting combat, not fucking impossible combat, right? Like I want combat experiences that uh, require 
you know, it's it's so difficult coming off a game like fucking Doom Eternal where combat is literally a puzzle to go into a game like Half-Life Alex, where your entire combat experience is find a suitable piece of cover and then shoot the same point. Like they might, they might not even be enemies at that point. They might as well just be like, like you said, a shooting gallery. They might as well just be fucking targets that pop yeah. up that you have to shoot three times before they fucking move. Right. Which is just, in my opinion, intensely unsatisfying an experience and so that's what that's what bored me was yeah the the fact that i had to shoot the same location three times and then duck back right it it, it's just dull combat wise and like i think that carried over to the rest of the the game experience i think when it first came out before i'd written the review or anything even then I was pretty bored by the, the combat because I'd I'd worked out the most efficient way to do it, right? Like uh, I'd worked out the most efficient way. You would not have had this experience, right? Because you were using continuous movement. But the most efficient way to do combat uh, was to have your, uh, for when, you, when you shift moving, was to have mm. your teleport, icon sitting somewhere because it doesn't trigger until you let go of it right so you can aim somewhere aim with your gun shoot and then when they bring their gun up to to fire back teleport out of the way right uh that worked that works every single fucking time right like there's but as we always you know come back to on this fucking podcast it's not my fault working out how to break that game it's not that's not on me right like before the review again i found a way to using shift control right it for a game that was built using shift control shift control seems to be the fucking weakest link in half-life alex it, it definitely seems like i had a significantly worse experience playing that game the way it was fucking meant to be played than you did playing the way they fucking bodge job fucking hacked in at the last second because uh, another game did it and showed that it was fucking awesome, right? That's fucking crazy to me. So shift control allowed me to exploit the fuck out of the terrible fucking AI to the point where the combat was no longer satisfying, right? And it allowed me to repeatedly, like, test the limitations of the, the world building. There is a video i'm pretty sure i don't think they included it in my in my review i can't mm. recall i can't also don't have the fucking internet to go have a quick fucking squiz but is this the matrix one video you I, talked about the matrix i think, one. I, I, think matrix I saw it on your twitter yeah, page yeah right you, like, where i jumped the outside of the fucking the boundaries of the fucking yeah exactly right like yeah the the fucking the the rotten core at the heart of that Denmark is the fucking idea that the the ledge that I was trying to jump to is actually one of the ledges I'm meant to jump to. Mm. And the only reason I'm not able to make that jump, while I'm able to make extremely similar jumps, uh, extremely similar leaps, is the game just specifically limits me from doing it. There is an invisible wall that stops me while at the same time, there isn't a, like 
it is bananas that there aren't even fucking competent enough invisible walls to stop me from jumping outside the boundaries of the game literally literally four meters to the left of the boundary that stops me from circumventing the i guess natural progression it's such a fucking weird thing to have done such a weird fucking failure in terms of quality testing because of the immediacy of the i guess uh the comparison between one invisible wall and another invisible wall because one of those invisible walls absolutely should exist the one that lets me jump outside the boundaries of the game and one of those invisible walls only exists to artificially limit my progression system which sucks shit in my opinion is a terrible fucking way to go about game design but that is that's half-life alex to me man like it is a game that is artificially limiting you at every fucking turn and i think it's difficult you know you talk about how fucking enamored you are with the with the detail and all i'm seeing is where the detail falls over right and i guess i have been you know having no internet has given me a lot of time to fucking self-reflect and i worry that i'm becoming one of those jaded motherfuckers who hates every video game because i've been <laughs> accused of it right i think i was accused of it in discord uh by somebody uh i'm what i it, it genuinely worries me it worries me that you know i haven't i haven't had the this is for some reason if you were to go on metacritic right uh, no game has has scored below a fucking eight this year, as far as I can tell. Every, like this is Predator on track to be one. Prior to Predator Hunting Grounds finally releasing uh, into the world, uh, and nobody nobody could have called that that game was going to be bad. Nobody suddenly <laughs> certainly nobody could have tweeted about it the day. I it think was it's lower than Friday the Thirteenth at the moment. That is amazing. <laughs> Which is, awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it, it honestly seems like no game is capable of getting below an 8 at the moment, right? Like, fucking Gears Tactics, 8. Uh, XCOM Chimera, 8. Uh, like, and then those are the fucking... Those are apparently the bottom of the barrel, right? Mm. And it, it only goes up from there. And we're looking at, like, a couple of games have been uh, some of the best-rated games of all time. And I'm sitting here wondering what the fuck is going on. I don't know how Gears Tactics got an 8. I don't think it is... I, 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 we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I, I don't think it is a particularly good rendition of the XCOM concept. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know why it exists in the first place. Like... Uh, it, it just seems like an, a wholly unnecessary game. But then I, I, you know, wrap back around and it's like, Job, that is some cynical fuck. Like, you don't know why a game even exists? Like, that's some cynical shit. And have a look at fucking how you've treated every other game this year, right? Half-Life Alex, 6 out of 10? Right, so you hate apparently the best fucking VR game in existence? Come on, champ. 
Like, come on, buddy. Is that how you're rolling? Final Fantasy VII Remake? What, you fucking, you hate a game that is appears to be universally loved? Come on, son. You're apparently a Final Fantasy VII fan, right? How you've, have we arrived at this fucking juncture where you now hate Final Fantasy VII? And then we talk, <laughs> you know, Animal Crossing, right? It's a fucking, it's a worldwide hit. It's the only thing saving people from fucking madness in the middle of a quarantine and i'm like uh it's farmville it is farmville again they literally made farmville for the 50th fucking time um and and everyone's fucking lapping it up and then but like what so cynical job just hates fucking what everything people love now is that is that how it is but i don't think it's that right i think maybe on some level, the LOL 7 out of 10 has ramped up, has been bammed to the next level, and people are now, like, we no longer have, it's not LOL 7 out of 10, it's LOL 8 out of 10. We are in a new fucking phase uh, where we just fucking, where every game's fucking great. We appreciate the fucking, we're just... In a state where appreciating games for just existing in general. And I think maybe on some level I am reacting to that. Maybe on some subconscious level I am reacting to that by, I guess, being more negative. But I don't, I don't think so. Like, a game like Half-Life Alex, I think I backed up my fucking arguments right? They might not be reflected by everyone because the insane nature of VR is that there are 40 different fucking hands, uh, headsets, so everyone's going to have a slightly different fucking experience. Hmm. But there has to be someone representing the people who have old hardware and have played a fuckload of fucking VR games and so aren't that initially enamored with with what it essentially amounts to set dressing. You know, like, that's it. I 100% call that you were going to love Half-Life Alex uh, in terms of what it does for showcasing VR, right? I said this already because that's what it does, right? But I think, on like, there is there's a bit of a fucking... The magician's paradox at play in half-life alex because i've seen i've seen this trick done before right like i've seen how this and i know how the magic works and so and and i don't think it's done especially well here so if you were to see someone do a, a magic trick for the first time and you didn't know how it was done and you're like holy shit that's fucking amazing that's the fucking best shit ever right but if the actual execution of it wasn't that great maybe people who knew how it was done wouldn't be that enamored and when we talk about like when you talk about attention to detail in half-life alex it is it feels like it's a bunch of fucking tricks it's a bunch of fucking little things done to make like done in in a very clever way that makes you think it's deeper than it is, but it is paper fucking thin. It's it's not. This is 
it's the equivalent of the the fucking ending to Blazing Saddles where they build a bunch of buildings, just the the fronts of buildings, like set like actual set dressing, uh, to divert the the marauders uh, into thinking they're in the wrong place. Like it is skin deep at best. Uh, yeah, but but you once, trying to once you go to an area of the map that you're not supposed to be in is not <laughs> like oh that's not like looking at it and being like oh that's not fair like I should be allowed up here like it's a it's it's not trying to be that game it's not a an open world exploration game it's a very linear uh, storytelling Hyper-linear game hyperlinear hallway corridor shooter. Yeah, yeah, but if if you what about, jump out of the the world, it's about, not the world's fault. That's you shouldn't like you're trying to break the game. You should be doing speed runs if that's the type of game you want to play. I don't. I, I'm not trying to break. I'm not trying to jump out of the wall. World. What my point is that it is incongruous for the game to allow me to jump out of the world uh, in one in in one location and then three meters to the right of that location specifically stop me from going to a location that is necessary for progression because the game doesn't want me to progress in that manner that's not me trying to jump out of the world that's me attempting to circumvent i suppose a small amount of simplistic storytelling that's not even the point i'm making i'm talking about like you were you were like looking at the rubble. You're like fucking holy shit. Look at this. Look at the sense of scale. But did you try to pick up a fucking rock and throw it? Well, yeah, I picked up a bunch of bricks and things. I've done that. Bricks? But did you yeah. try to pick up a rock? I never tried to pick up a rock. What rocks? The rubble. The rocks. The rubble that are rocks. There's no. heaps of it. There's heaps of debris. There's all kinds of debris. And all kinds of things that you just can't pick up. They're just there. They exist. Even though uh, they are of the size that you should be able to pick them up. You cannot pick them up. And it is... Rock. Pick up tables. It's <laughs> a glass shattering moment for me. Because it is a reminder of how superficial half-life alex's attention to detail ultimately is you can pick up and throw any of these any of these uh glass bottles will make as much noise as they need to to distract jeff but this rock can't be picked up and thrown through that window because why would you need to you could just use your gun i did that a bunch uh breaking glass with my gun to get to ammo i don't I don't know if you remember this, but I was desperately short on ammunition. Oh, no, no. You actually just use your gun to break the glass. Oh, to punch through. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I did no, that. that's fine. I'm talking about like distracting Jeff or attempting to distract guards, uh, which is, you know, a futile effort because they're not, the AI is piss poor. But before I realized that the AI didn't work that way, I, I thought it would be a clever way to, to get around things. Hmm. Like, yeah, man, like, it's just, I, I, I gotta be clear, I don't begrudge you for enjoying your time with it. All I'm saying is, it is made 
to like to fucking wow new VR users, right? It's made from the ground up to do that. And so you should be wowed. You should be enamored, right? That's that that it does that job really well. But I'm not a new VR user, so there's no I, I feel like there was almost no chance that it could ever do that for me. It could never fucking achieve that because it's it's essentially not a game for me, which is insane because as a early adopter, in air quotes, it should be a game for me. Right? How am I how am I not owed my fucking half-life? Alex experience the the genius fucking how is someone who bought into VR early not you know obviously oh, game is entitled blah, blah 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 I'm not entitled to anything blah 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 right but on some level Valve does owe the success of VR to people who paid too much for subpar fucking equipment right they Oh, in the sense that it only exists the way it does because of them. They don't owe them any monetary or physical fucking anything, but they owe them in the, I guess, metaphorical, metaphysical fucking sense that the success of the fucking platform only exists because of people like me. And yet, Mm. Valve didn't make half-life alex for me they we are the people who like me are sort of just i don't know fucking grist for the mill bodies at the wayside right we are not the fucking target audience even though we are uh, uh, evidently the target audience which is fucking crazy to me right i think but- but like at the same time you, you like when we were looking and and I think you've said this uh about a game like super hot right and I've gone yep. and played super hot and I'm like this is extremely average at best <laughs> like that was one of the games in the list you guys you were like oh you need to play this one but then yep. I play that and I play a bunch of other games like super hot is not is not all that like I've played I feel like I've played uh better games than Superhot, like a better um, shooter gallery type games. What? In VR. What shooting gallery game is better in VR than Superhot? Um, what was that PlayStation game? Blood and Truth? Blood and Truth. Played about an hour and a half of that, and I think that's a better shooting gallery game than, than uh, Superhot. I never played it, but your only problem with fucking Superhot is that you can't throw shit. Right, but that's 50% of the game. It's less, right? But as I said, if you learn how to throw shit, it's no longer a problem. I played like it for three hours and couldn't shit. figure it's it out, a, and nobody else could either because it's fucking to, broken. Except I figured it out, and I assume everyone who loves the game has figured it out. Everyone who loves Super Hot VR doesn't love it out of some sort of fucking... Uh, look, hey, shit. There, we might. It might be some Half Life Alex shit, right? Like, if if that's the point you're making, I concede it, one hundred percent, right? It might be on some Half Life Alex shit. In that the first fucking VR game that really fucking wowed me was Super Hot VR, 
right? And so I'm like, well, it's fucking maybe it's like you know old fucking internet videos where you. You're like, oh, yeah, you've got to watch fucking Mario Twins. That's the fucking funniest shit of all time. And then you show it to someone and like, <laughs> like what, is, what this? is this fucking garbage? And you're like, oh, my God, I can't. St- I'm fucking this. Did I? Was this funny? It's still it funny. It is funny. Like, was, it, was, it, was this funny to me? I got it. Like, you oh, you got to watch. <laughs> they are twins. That's why. Um, <laughs> like, but like, maybe it's on. Yeah, maybe it's on some fucking old school wow shit where you're like that's what wow me and so that's what i fucking love mm. uh and that's why the alternative doesn't work for me right so maybe maybe that's why super hot is the fucking bee's knees for me and maybe that's why you know and that's why i don't begrudge you loving half-life alex right for all its faults because you like you've you stated you recognize the faults right you recognize them and you love the game despite it right that's why I don't begrudge that of you, but all I'm saying is it's got fucking problems. Uh, I don't, I like, I think I've worked around Superhot's problems, but there's definitely a, a chance that uh, I was more willing to come to the table with Superhot because it was my, you know, well, basically the only fucking shooting gallery experience available yeah. to me at the time. <laughs> you had four and years so, to play Superhot and that was it. <laughs> yeah exactly I, my my choice was super hot uh hot dogs horseshoes and hand grenades where you throw hand grenades over and over again but it's still the most i i honestly don't get that fucking game at all and and beat saber and i'm shit at rhythm games um and yeah so you come <laughs> in you play half-life alex and you're like well this is the fucking shit this is the absolute shit and that's that's me and super hot you should still play fucking boneworks you can't yeah, bone works. your expectations. So Half-Life Alex was the fifth game that I played. I played all the others first. So um Right. I, I finished Half-Life Alex about two hours before we started recording. Um nice. so next up will be like Boneworks or or um what was it, Fisherman's Tale or uh yep. Saints and Sinners, I think is the other one that I had on the list. But yeah, there's uh, there's other stuff on there that I'll check out. Yeah. Uh Definitely play Boneworks. Temper your expectations after playing Half-Life Alex, Because in terms of polish, I haven't been back since the big update, but in terms of polish, Boneworks is woo, much, much lower uh, on the list compared to Half-Life Alex. But it's also a lot more ambitious, significantly more ambitious than Half-Life mm-hmm. Alex is. The you're not trapped in fucking corridors in Boneworks. You have giant open levels that you can approach in any direction that you want. That is some fascinating shit. That is, I think Boneworks, if anything, ruined Half Life Alex for me, right? Um, because I'd seen what was possible, and then all I see in Half Life Alex is a stark lack of ambition. Well, well, maybe that's like the point where they get to now is that they've they've put this game out. They see that it's popular because it obviously was popular and made a fuck ton of money. Um, mm. And they go back and like, all right, what can we do next? Like, would you, would you be okay with them making another Half-Life, whether it's a Half-Life 3 or a, another spinoff? Um, would you prefer it in VR or would you rather it in keyboard mouse controller? I, I would, I would play 
I will play Half-Life Alex too. I will play Half-Life 3 if it's in VR. I will play... Yeah. No, I, I think they should definitely continue to try to better VR. I want them to make the VR experts Half-Life now. Mm. Now that they've made... Uh, it's a, it was a beginning... Sp- space for them and for a lot of fucking vr people people in vr i want them to make my vr game now uh and and i'd love to see what like they do i like it's not like i don't think valve are capable of making great games uh i just think they didn't feel they needed to go further or they couldn't. They didn't feel like they could make a game beyond what Half Life Alex is because it pushed hardware in too many directions, right? Like, yeah, I think I said this in the review. I think the AI limitation is a, a case of hardware. They like they're afraid that if they add too many people on screen, it's going to make the the game far too complex for a lot of computers. There's already a um a, a bit of a well VR has a reputation for uh needing extreme hardware as it is so it would be bad for VR if people with mid to high range computers couldn't fucking play Half-Life Alex cuz there were too many enemies on screen or whatever the fuck right i understand that 100% but i think you know ohm's law and all that kind of shit uh, means that we're we're reaching a point now where uh, PC standard PC hardware is catching up with what you know the basics of what VR dictates or necessitates. Mm. So I, I think we can now see them stretch their fucking legs and do something significant. I just don't want to wait seven years for them to fucking finally do that or whenever that is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a lot quicker this time around i feel like i don't know like have they even confirmed that they're doing it or anything well like i i saw that interview with ign that they did and they said they like flat out asked them like will you do a half-life 3 next or 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 something uh you know half-life alex 2 whatever they want to call it and they said they basically said we want to keep exploring the half-life universe um they yeah. didn't, so they didn't say no. They said it's definitely something we want to get onto next. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, the judging of where the story goes, I'm definitely excited to see where what the next chapter of, of this game is. But um, hopefully, it's not another 15 years. Otherwise, you'll definitely hopefully. not be able to play it with that vibe. It's gonna it's gonna be rough for the old yeah. vibe, I think. All right. Uh, should we move on? We've got still a lot here. We've fucking taken ages. Yes, we do. Um, yes, we I'll do. Talk, talk about Valorant really quickly. I got into the closed beta somehow. I still don't know how, but I got in. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, so I jumped in and checked out a couple of matches of this. This is basically Riot's Counter-Strike slash Overwatch competitor. It kind of smashes the two uh, together and has like a little Valorant baby. Um but it's it leans highly on the Counter Strike. Like it, it plays like Counter Strike a lot. Feels like Counter Strike, uh, except that the characters you've got have different abilities. Um, some of them are defensive abilities, some of them are offensive abilities and support abilities. Um, 
but the ultimate goal of the game at the moment is to one one team needs to defend the other needs to attack and plant a spike which is the bomb it's two different bomb sites and um each team has uh currency that they're earning money and they buy weapons and items to use um there's things like armor um characters have certain abilities that they can uh purchase and there's ultimate abilities as well and so each round depending on if you win or lose you get a certain you get a, a certain amount of money and then eventually there's a turning point in the match where uh teams swap sides and the attackers now become the defenders and vice versa and then you go until uh the winning team gets the most amount of points and then that's it off it goes again um oh yeah same criticisms that i had when i first saw the game i think the um the deep like the looking at players abilities or characters abilities and trying to understand what the fuck it is that they're doing is pretty nonsensical Mm. um i've always had an issue with riots league of legends and that sort of stuff like the way that they do uh aoe abilities or um passives like just shit spinning around characters that look like glowing um weird calligraphy type things around you like what the fuck is that like what is that oh no that's some sort of buff that does this this and this and you're like okay fair enough like and w- when you've got yeah. 10 play 10 characters on the on on the game and they're all spinning around colors and there's just shit everywhere you're like i don't know what half this shit is uh they've taken that mentality and it's it's invalorant like you look at a thing and you're like what the fuck is that what is that gl- thing that's in the air glowing and you just don't know you just don't know what it is yeah. until you go and learn what what it is like the game is doing um so some of them might be like a smoke screen and you go in there and it's like a floating giant smoke orb that you can't see through and other times you'll go into it and it's doing like one of them will do poison damage or i don't know there's just a bunch of them um in the game there's like maybe 12 characters i'm not really sure i've only played a couple rounds but right some of them are obvious like oh there's a giant um ice wall that comes up and you can't shoot through it like oh okay i know what that is and then other times it's these floating orb things and you're like what the fuck is that doing like i just it looks similar to the other one but it's a different color and you go into it and i still don't know what it does but okay just weird shit like that where you you can't look at something and know automatically what it is like oh that's a that's fire you shouldn't go stand in the fire like yeah i get that but what what is this thing doing like it's just spinning and i think that's a problem when you're trying to get especially they're they're touting it very hard as an esport already uh and for an average viewer to watch that and be like i don't understand what is going on like that becomes a huge problem where yeah you know you just don't really get what's going on and for somebody um who's a spectator and just doesn't know what that one thing is and then if they get to this point where they're putting characters every you know couple of weeks into the game um and then all of a sudden this roster blows out to 50, 60 characters like a um, like a Rainbow Six Siege or something like that. And how many of these things are you going to have in the game that are floating weird orbs or just shit that you just don't know what it is? It just looks weird. Um, and that's how I feel yep. at the moment. Gameplay-wise, it's excellent. But they've they've done the right thing where it's just the visual, visual style of the game is not great. Again. Yeah, right. Like I can, obviously Dota has similar problems like that, but for the most part, when someone does something in that game, like it looks like 
a thing that's you know makes sense um it's not a weird spin and floaty thing that does something strange i'm just like oh, okay fair enough like when someone yeah. throws a spike down i'm like ah oh, that's a spike on it like it's got a spike it's got to do damage maybe you'll stun them whereas in yep. valorant i'm like i don't know what that warp does but i'm not going to touch it like i don't i don't know what it's going to do and i don't think i should sacrifice my life to figure it out so i'm not going to go near it <laughs> yeah yeah um but otherwise it seems like it's a lot of fun uh i'll probably keep talking about it as long as other people get in like i jump in every once in a while and play like a round and then jump out um i think it's got some sort of matchmaking in there because my first game was very one-sided um I was destroying uh, my teammates in terms of kill-death ratio, but the other team was fucking smashing us. And the second game I played was much more even, um, and it seemed like they were more competent. You know, people walking around instead of running everywhere, uh, being stealthy, working as a team. So there's there's some sort of matchmaking going on, skill-based matchmaking, and hopefully uh, it gets gets to a really good spot where I feel like I'm not playing with people that haven't played first-person shooters before um, in which case it seems like it's doing that so yeah i'll keep talking about valorant as they keep adding updates because they're they're doing that regularly um and if anyone wants to play with me let me know <laughs> uh, at the moment i'm just playing with randoms um yeah hopefully you guys get in at some stage yeah that'd be nice yeah uh but i have no idea when it's going to work and i'm pretty sure it's got like latency lock and stuff right um pretty sure that's a yeah big part of what the game is doing uh which because i i was watching uh the chiefs players Mm. playing it and did i mention this last week i think maybe i'm not sure uh but i find it so difficult to work out what the fuck is going on just watching that game why Um, like like, because there's things i just said yeah, because of everything you just said. I'm like, um, yeah, okay. Uh, like, I, I love I love listening to them talk about it because they've already, like, developed call-outs and stuff like that. Uh, they had their own call-outs. Yeah. There's, like, three of the Chiefs Counter-Strike players. Uh, they had their own, and they were playing with uh, randos who apparently had their own call-outs, <laughs> which are uh, fantastic. So they, they, there's a bit of a bit of discussion about what the fuck uh they were talking about at any specific time but uh yeah it was like uh interesting listening to them talk through it but working out what the fuck was going on at any point in time was Mm. so difficult yeah like really really tough um which yeah obviously i don't think is a good thing necessarily yeah um like I've seen weird robots in the game and I'm like from the other team that I don't know what the fuck they are. So I just shoot them. It's just like the noise that the game has visually. You just don't know what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's difficult to work out what exactly they can do about that really. Mm. Because I mean, it's, it's sort of a product of the nature of the game itself. Yeah, this is like cartoony style. Yeah. And and the nature of how, like you were saying, how Riot develops their um their visual language is that just makes it really difficult sometimes to work out what the fuck is going on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm. 
All right. Um, next up, we got Gears Tactics as well. Uh, that just came out today, I believe. Um, it's available on Windows and Xbox. It's on Xbox Game Pass, which is good. Another great addition to Xbox Game Pass. Um, I think we very big fans of that because uh, they keep adding Huge. a lot of content to it. And it's just like, it's hard to be like, should you get it or not? It's like, yes, you should get it. I don't know how many times I have to say it. They keep putting really good stuff on there. Red Dead Redemption. Is it Red Dead Redemption that's going on there? Yeah, uh, I think so. On on Xbox only, I think. Like, yeah. It's not the PC pass, but still. Like, yeah, less. absolutely. May 7th. Um, yeah, that's huge. I, I don't know. I just, every time I see them adding games to it, especially like first party games, it's... It's really good. I'm super excited for the future of that that platform. Um, yeah, but yeah, Gears Tactics is is now out. I've had about a week to play it. Um, it is a, I don't know. It's very much based off like the XCOM style slash Fallout, old school tactical games. Um, but it's a bit more limited in terms of its scope. Like it's not doing any of the weird building your bases and managing. Um, like your forces out of the actual tactical side of the game. Th- this game in particular is just doing the, um, you know, strategy side. So getting into the battlefield and and uh, working your way through missions. And then on the outside of that, you're pretty much just equipping gear and, um, you know, setting skill points and that sort of thing on your character. So you're not building bases or anything like that. So it's a bit more focused. Um, if you look at games like, Mario and Rabbits, it's sort of much more in line with that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sounds like you had less of an enjoyable time with this one because I've been playing it and I've had a lot of fun with it. I just... I just... Uh, like, like I was saying before, I just don't understand why it exists, right? Like, I don't know who this game is for. Mm-hmm. Is it for people who thought Mario vs. Rabbids was too fucking baby yeah. or something? Right? Is that it? Like, Mario and Rabbids is ex- excellent. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, pretty sure everyone loved Mario Rabbids. Like, oh, everyone who played it. Uh, mm. I think it was just a pretty great game. Um, So it's just, I don't know, it's just strikes me as a little odd but you were suggesting um, why is it not in halo and what why, no, I why didn't do you suggest that i think nate suggested oh okay. uh, like i was just i was more like i think i prompted that suggestion but i think i was like i'm just talking about like why is it in the gears universe because it seems like the main draw of this game is expanding the gears universe hmm but I don't think it's that deep uh, storytelling experience. I don't know that it warrants that much world building. Right, because it's a prequel, right? It's set before uh, the events of, of... What are they calling it now? Just Gears? <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know if I need to get the full scoop on what these characters were up to before 
uh, the events of the main series. I just don't care that much. I don't find them that interesting as characters. I don't find them... Uh, like, I don't find the world that interesting. And so, yeah, taking me through uh, that experience, I just don't know if it really adds all that much that makes it worth playing right sure. especially and and so like when i when i look at what i want out of a fucking gears game what does gears tactics do that i want out of a gears game uh nothing like nothing at all i guess some gory kills but even then it's sort of wow back i do think they did a phenomenal job of basically just like scrolling out on a third person shooter experience i do i like don't get me wrong there is stuff to love in gears tactics i just don't know why it exists in well they general. took a cover-based shooter and made it a cover-based tactical game right <laughs> tactical games right? are basically like- cover-based shooters yeah yeah right like it's which is crazy to me because i felt like the best thing about the gears series right the reason i played gears and the reason i feel like a lot of people play gears is is twofold one right fantastic shooting it's always had fantastic shooting every Mm. gun feels different but it feels like it has a punch it has a different punch it's something that you like you pick up a new gun and even if you're pretty sure it's going to be a piece of shit like you pick up some fucking garbage ass ass pistol you're like yeah but i want to see how it works and even if it is objectively worse than every other gun you could be using it still feels like a good gun right they do active reloading so fun yeah you've got active reloading so even when you're fucking reloading you feel like you're still there's still something to be fucking concentrating on like there's so much going on in a game of gears uh that makes it feel worth playing and the second thing is co-op right which obviously Gears Tactics doesn't have, even mm. though if any game sh- they should have tried, it's this one. And it's so weird that I have played, I feel like I played a game that did it. Uh, we'll talk about it next in, in for, for the King. <laughs> I just, I don't, like, I just don't, so if it doesn't have co-op and it doesn't have good shooting, why does Gears Tactics exist for like people who want more of Gears story building, I guess? Because it doesn't really do the XCOM things very well either, right? Like, I, it, you know, I think you'd act- actively have to try to fuck up uh, the basics of a tactical yeah. cover-based game. Right, you'd have to be putting in effort to fuck that shit up. Um, but like, yeah, outside of nailing what I think is a automatic on base, it, it doesn't do other XCOM things very well. There's hmm. like the the skill trees for characters are all pretty uninspiring. Like, they're they're very just, uh, hard to wrap your head around. Right? Like, it, it's... Uh, like, it's some Path of Exile shit where you're like, 
what am I getting? Like, so I go down this one, and what am I building towards? And no, I do this instead. And it goes in mm. four directions, and you've got no idea why you'd be building in any specific direction. Uh, but like, all you know is in the moment that upgrade you just got is kind of shit. It doesn't <laughs> really do that much. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Right, but the thing okay. is, you end up being in the actual battlefield and you've got four characters on the battlefield and, and you look at your abilities and or the passives, right? And you're like, shit, all right, this person's got eight passives on them. And you sit there and you read them all and you're like, all right, now what's the next character got? And it's this thing of like, you, you've got 10 characters back in your barracks and then like trying to learn and memorize all these. It's so like hard. To, to figure out exactly what you've got and how you should be using them because it's just a dump of text and it just doesn't display them very well. Like, it's cool that there's a lot of stuff there, but it's just yep. so, like, high level. There's so much going on. Yeah, exactly, right? And and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess. Like, I get I get why it is as... as well, it seems to be as deep as it is because otherwise people will be like, uh, yeah. you know, like XCOM games have like a full fucking base and shit. Like, what the fuck yeah, yeah. is this? Uh, but at the same time, you're like, uh, um, this is like sort of deep in all the wrong ways. Uh, because I don't feel like I'm making meaningful decisions about how I build my characters out. I'm sort of just clicking stuff i've yeah. picked a path and i just <laughs> yeah. fucking go down it now that's what i'm doing I, I guess i'm committed to it right like yeah exactly right and yeah there's there's not there's not meaningful choices in between the the each mission and then in missions it doesn't feel like there are a lot of meaningful choices either because uh i've only come across one mission where i had like a turn limit <laughs> uh, i'm not terribly deep into the game but i want to come across one mission where i've had like a term limit to do shit and if i don't have a turn limit to do shit i will just fucking overwatch <laughs> have you like, um have you gotten past act one uh no okay yeah Th uh, i don't think so there's definitely some like really interesting um gameplay variations on the, the missions uh like you're saying like term limits sometimes they've got you going out and controlling supply points um there's one where it's uh the actual map is being bombarded by bombs and you need to keep pushing forward constantly there's stuff like that um right which is i did good... the supply i did the supply one and yeah yeah like i felt that was like once you move in a place it sort of just is what it is it's like defending an area, but yeah. uh, the bombarding one sounds pretty interesting. Like that's what that's what I feel like the game is missing is variety, forcing you f to move right as much as possible. That's what it needs because otherwise, yeah, like it is, a, it feels kind of one note. Because uh, because the Overwatch, of, it just seems so powerful. <laughs> like, it's way too it's way too powerful the yeah, way it is. Yeah, um, like I I really um, dig that it's a um. Uh, I like that they've taken the Overwatch um, gameplay and put it into like this radius or a cone that you put out in front of you, as opposed to just being yep. like whenever an enemy goes in sight, which is how XCOM does it. This is more tactical yeah. of being like, all right, 
I want to look at this specific area. It means you can't just dump somebody in Overwatch and then have them go ham. Um, but at the same time, it works the other way on you as well when an enemy does it. And you're like, all right, now I need to deal with that enemy so I can get out of it. Like, I like the smart things it does strategy-wise with that, like, very uh, the variation of Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Like... There's definitely, like I was saying, there's definitely stuff to like in what they've done. Uh, yeah, I just wind up. I just keep coming back to that yeah. one fucking question: Why? Well, why is this game? The um, okay. I, I think maybe something they could have done a bit more of then, rather than uh, you know, talking about you sticking characters in Overwatch all the time is one other thing I like about it. The um the execution system where you can uh, you down an enemy and they're not dead they can be revived by another character um yeah but if you go and execute them then everybody on your team gets an extra action point which means you can keep moving yeah. forward that's like really smart that's that's taken from the um it's being taken from um rabbits again where you could chain abilities and make you get further and further into the world uh they've just made yeah. it more gruesome i guess and spread those abilities okay. out to other characters like that is really smart because it means that you you rewarded for getting up close to enemies and pushing forward um but so maybe it needs more of that and i don't know if it does that later on i haven't played a huge amount but um there's like really cool i don't know tweaks on the formula like the XCOM formula uh and i think it's interesting that we've had two tactical games being released <laughs> what in the same week when did XCOM come out was it a couple days ago? Yeah, same same week. But it was like a surprise, right? Like <laughs> yeah, it just what? came out of nowhere. They're like, um, and I've not played that, and I don't know how different it is. But hmm. um, I, I appreciate what Gears Tactics has done by taking that XCOM formula and trying to tweak it a little bit. Uh, like there is, um, there's different mission types in the game, but I feel like the one that you just talked about, where you're going and securing an area i've seen that a couple yep. of times and i've seen the one where you go and uh, rescue other recruits um like i've seen that a, a few times it just feels very samey um every once in a while they do throw something in there that's a bit media but it does feel a bit repetitive which in saying that like XCOM itself has always been pretty repetitive i don't feel like those the types of missions they throw at you in that game um diverse that much like it just feels like you're always killing a certain amount of things in the game or um you know getting from one point to the other whereas this feels a bit more yeah. like i'm doing something different and then they they there is like I, there's boss fights in this game which <laughs> that that's a thing that's in there i think they drag out way too long um but you know right. they've tried something they're, they're trying to make it a bit bit different so yeah, yeah, it's 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 got some things going for it, um, but like you said, I I can't I don't really care for the story that much. Um, it's not my thing, but I'm still digging the strategy side of it. I'm having fun with that. Yeah, I wonder how you'd go like if maybe the XCOM game would have been more up your alley, uh, because like it seems it's it's apparently very XCOM but like a, a solid twist what's mm. it called again XCOM Chimera Squad you, you get to play as the enemies Chimera right Chimera Squad yeah yeah you, you play as aliens um, yeah. 
And apparently, yeah, it, but it's it builds on on the system of XCOM in a very different way. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that would have been I don't know worth checking. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway I'll keep talking about it next week because I'm still playing it. So. It's my uh, yep. it's my break game between VR when I when I shouldn't be playing VR for five hours straight. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, uh, what's the last game we cool. got here? For the King. Yep. Uh, is is a game that came out on the Epic Game Store, or is I think it's been out on Steam for a little while. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was kickstarted, uh, but it came out on the Epic Game Store and uh, it was available for free over the course of the weekend. Um, and so people could jump on and play it. Uh, I, I don't know if it's, uh, still free, um, or if it was like a free weekend or free to own forever or what, but, uh, anyway, uh, whatever it was, I jumped in to play it with, uh, Dr. E3 Money and former podcast host, Heath, Heathy Goofball Antics Dixon, uh, who recently fractured his skull in a manner he doesn't know. Mm. He doesn't know how he fractured his skull. It's a classic anyway, Heath um, story. It is the most classic Heath story because he, yeah, he explained it by telling us about how he drank some juice or some shit. Um, oh, he's anyway. been on the uh, disinfectant, has he? Uh, he's, he's injecting some Clorox. Um, it's still so playing with. <laughs> By the sweet, way. well, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's worth. I, I absolutely think it's worth getting. Um, for that price, I I, I think it'd be worth buying. Uh, it is. We played for nineteen hours over the course of three days, um, three or four days maybe actually. Um, we fucking we went all the way down the rabbit hole with it. It's a it's a three player max, which is a bummer. I think it. If it was four players, it'd be fucking amazing, but it's three player max. Um, RPG, I guess, multiplayer RPG um, that has a real board game feel to it. Uh, you pick a character and you sort of you put on this overworld and you unveil, as you move around, you unveil more of the overworld and uh, you get into fights, you go into dungeons. And the basic premise is uh, the king has been killed and you're trying to work out who killed the king. Uh, you're one of the heroes of, of the realm. It's nothing too deep, uh, nothing too complicated. It's just a, uh, a, a basically a board game. It reminds me a lot of Gloomhaven hmm. um, because it's it's a dungeon crawler with... A lot of board game mechanics. You collect loot. Uh, you move with... There are dice rolls to determine how far you can move and dice rolls to determine combat, success, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so basically what happens is... Uh, you pick your character, you go into the overworld, and then you move around and you get into fights. And you're given objectives, you're given places to go to... Uh, go to this dungeon or go fight this monster or whatever. Uh, and as you move around, 
you like uh, the player character gets to determine the actions of your player only player character only sorry the player gets to determine the actions of the player character only Mm -hmm. uh and the other people that you're playing with determine the actions of the other characters and this is something that i like we used to do sort of manually uh and something i actually suggested doing uh using a program called parsec which we've talked about before uh on this podcast but using a program called parsec to play gears tactics co-op right Mm. i figured what we could do is use parsec i would parsec into like we could parsec into nate's game and we would all just assume the decision making of one of the characters and we would play through the game that way i think that would be a very interesting way to play gears tactics and i think it's something that like if they had done would have given gears tactics a bit more gears flavor because you could play a cop right uh i don't know how uh long every character stays with you but uh you could always let's like you know if it was built from the ground up uh with that in mind it's something that you could manage from a development standpoint anyway um it's uh like because the the combat is done in a in a way that is it was turn-based combat um so it it is done in a way where each person has a go the whole like you know even the movement is turn-based and stuff like that but uh because of the way the combat works i think it like it immediately the uh, uh, analog to gears tactics was very fresh in my mind i was like holy shit this is exactly what gears should have done Mm. and what it injects is the capacity for your teammates to be shit right when you play a tactics game uh there is uh i guess a tendency for everyone to be as efficient as you specifically are and so all of the all of the successes and failures are all on you, which I think is the appeal of the game. But uh, when you introduce someone else making uh, decisions, uh, it it changes pretty rapidly because it, it really uh, ramps up your ramps up and and at the same time negates uh, the the effects of what happens right so heath heath i don't know if it was his skull fracture uh, or, or what but he <laughs> makes a lot of awful decisions in in turn-based games and me and me and drew me and dr e3 mm. were losing our fucking minds over some of the shit he was doing it was almost like he was there to make us worse like a couple of times it was bananas uh he was yeah some of the fucking just some of the shit he would do and you'd be like why why would you do that he'd be like say you're in a fight and you're fighting two skeletons and a fucking mage right and uh the mage is this big bad uh it's like a boss uh he'd be like yep well i'm gonna attack this mage and he he'd lock it in and while he's locking it in you're like wait no hang on don't do that first of all you're a magic user and the and the mage in the middle has magic shield so i don't even like are you even capable of doing enough damage 
to overcome the magic shield. Second of all, the skeleton on the right. It's too late. Uh, I already pressed the button. Oh, 100%. 100%. This is like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking at page four of my fucking 40 page dissertation of just attack the fucking skeleton on the right for the love of Christ. But he's like, no, I've already pressed it. Uh, but yeah, you're like, second of all, the skeleton on the right uh, is poised to attack next. He will attack next. You can see up in the top bar, he's going to attack next. Thirdly, he's got four health left. And he, fifth, he's specifically susceptible to the type of damage you do. And you're like, yeah, no, I attacked the mage in the, in the middle. And then the fucking skeleton gets the fucking hit and he'll like crit. And he'll just fucking want me for like half my fucking health. And I'm like, Heath, I'm so glad we don't live in the same house anymore because I would fucking come in my into your room and give you another <laughs> fucking skull fracture. For the love of Christ, just hit the fucking skeleton. And I, I swear to God, we played for 19 hours. It, I think it was hour 17 when Heath finally understood why we want, like, why we would wanted him to attack certain people. It was le legit. Like, I've always wondered about Heath. He's either one of history's greatest comedy trolls or <laughs> the dentist motherfucker in my entire life. <laughs> I can never tell. I can't tell, right? Like, it's impossible. It's impossible to work out which he is. But uh, it, it is a fucking experience playing with him because he'll just, he just, he does things that just don't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And in a, a turn-based game where you're playing with other people, like, imagine, imagine playing Gears Tactics, right? Where one of the people is actively making the worst decision every fucking time. And you're like, why? And it's not like he's role-playing an idiot. He's just He just does these things. And you're like, but God, why are you like this? this? It didn't need to be this way. We actually, we could have been f fucking good. We were, oh my lord. And, uh, like, at one point, real late into the game, real late into our second attempt, because we played through it twice. We got to the fucking second last boss on our first run. On a run that was doomed from the fucking start, right? It should never have gone as far as it did, because right at the start, I insisted we all go the same class. Um... The, like you choose a different class at the start of the game and each class is better at certain things they've got bonuses in different uh in different like skills like everyone's got different stats and uh we i insist we all go the dude with a book uh because i was i was gonna we were gonna be like the the library late fee crew hmm. we're gonna go around uh looking for late fees from everyone we're going to use our books to to get people to give up their late fees um not even remotely how the game worked uh it was funny uh and we didn't have any idea what we were doing uh what was best about it was that drew uh <clears throat> doing his best to help the team chose to start using a sword mm -hmm. he's like at least i'll do a lot of damage but because of the way the stats work, uh, when you roll for combat, it uses the stat related to the weapon to determine your success. 
And uh, the the dude with the book has sweet fuck all strength. Hmm. Uh, so he was just con- like constantly missing. He would like miss every fucking roll. Uh, and if he hit it all, he'd do like two damage. And so like for until we worked out how the stats worked, because we had, like there's no tutorial or anything. It just sort of fucking dumps you in. Um, until we worked out how that worked, we were just dumping endless amounts of shit on Drew because he was doing nothing. He would go into a fight, he'd swing his sword and get blocked, do literally nothing because he'd like fail on three of his fucking four rolls, and then he'd just fucking whiff, and then he would just eat shit because at the same time we had him like being our main tank because if he's not going to fucking do any damage he might as well take as much damage as possible but we didn't understand magic and physical damage so like we'd come up against a mage and they'd be the one like half drew's health in one hit after he's taunted everyone and he'd just be like getting fucking pantsed he must have died like four times and me and heath didn't die at all because we were using appropriate fucking gear uh for for the book guy um and i i'm like i'm playing this game i've got fucking heath on one side like making the worst decisions of all time and drew on the other side making objectively good decisions as far as we could tell um but just failing in every fucking facet of doing them i'm like i think i'm being tested right like i think this is some sort of fucking like these two cunts have got together beforehand and they fucking tricked me with this game. This is this has to be on purpose. And I'm like basically carrying these two fucks all the way through this game. Like little little did I know, like ultimately I'd basically locked my way into playing the game correctly mm-hmm. um, by sticking with using a book as much as possible. But uh, yeah. Didn't know. Didn't know any better. We got to the second last boss. We should not have gotten that far at all. On the second run, we're just about to go to the last boss. And Heath lands the fucking... You you take an airship to the last boss. He lands the airship. Oh, sorry. I landed the airship to go grab... We needed as many heals as we could get, basically. If we would have survived until the last boss, we needed every single fucking heal we could buy. And I mean, literally, we traveled across the entire map uh, to to get as many fucking, like, to buy as many heals as we could. Because uh, you, just, you just get fucking pantsed. The last, like, the last dungeon uh, is a full, like, full-blown boss rush where you just fight boss after boss after boss. And... Like each one shits on you hardcore. So uh we uh we went all over the place. We're just about to go. I've landed to buy I buy the last fucking uh heals that we can. Like we are literally tapped out on money. We've got no money left. We've bought all the heals we can, we're ready to rock. And Heath uh Heath fucking runs over two curses. Like, just, it's his turn, and he runs over curses. And I just, I can't understand it. And we don't have the money to 
to uncurse him. Like you got to go to a town. You can use items, right? I had to. I had to give him my one negate curse item so that he could negate the curse because he just fucking ran over a bunch of curses. They've got like you know certain tiles have different things on them. Some tiles have poison. Most tiles have. Oh, some tiles have monsters or objectives or like skill checks or whatever. These tiles, there were like three in a row that had fucking curses on them, and Heath ran over all fucking three. And it was the most staggering shit I've ever fucking witnessed in my life. I'm, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know why he fucking do it. Anyway. <laughs> he did. Uh, and it was infuriating. Anyway, that was just before we went into the last boss fight. We did succeed on our second run. I won't spoil it. But it is a unbelievably unsatisfying fucking for a game. Hmm. Uh, I don't regret playing the rest of it. Uh, I still think it's one of the best fucking board game video games I've ever played. Um, but yeah, not a not a good fucking ending to a fucking run. I, I've got to assume that we got a bad ending somehow, uh, even though I don't. <laughs> is it, I don't know how we could have gotten a better. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, the, the two of them, I was like, I was the fucking MVP in this shit. I was, I was LeBron James carrying the fucking, just popping the fucking Cavaliers in his fucking papoose and going ham, uh, putting on the fucking finals, uh, performance of a lifetime trying to get these motherfuckers through to the end. I did not die. Uh, except in the first game when obviously we all died. That's when I died. Um, but I didn't die otherwise throughout the entire game. Both of them died uh, a couple of times in our second experience. One time we were like just in like the first major dungeon, first boss dungeon you go to, they just both died. And uh, I actually came pretty close. It took some fucking like... It took some doing, well, like popping all CDs type shit uh, to get us through that one. But uh, I got us through it. I got us through it. Don't worry about it. Um, and by the end of the game, there was no chance that I was going to die. I actually probably could have fucking finished the game on my lonesome. My dude was chonky. He had max speed and max uh, awareness. My uh, awareness is basically dexterity in this game. It powers up your bows that type of shit. Uh, my dude had max, yeah, speed, max awareness. So I was, there were, I was taking about one and a half turns for every turn that Drew was taking. Mm-hmm. Drew was hitting super fucking hard, but once he'd taken two turns, I'd taken three. And so like the ability, the utility you have when you're taking three turns compared to uh, just two is, is huge because you can do other things. You can, I had the ability to like stun or like all this kind of stuff. The only problem was that Drew's Drew was using this weapon that would uh like negate all of their all of the enemies' uh resistances, which was fucking amazing. But invariably I would have gone twice before he actually got to use it. And so like half the time, by the time he would go i had already gone and it like it was useless it was uh it w- wasn't useless but it wasn't as useful as it, as it could have been if he'd been faster but 
like that's just the nature of, of building the characters you got to like really focus on certain things and what he was focusing on was utterly necess- uh, necessary like he was focusing on building his strength he i think he had max strength and maybe nearly like just shy of max vitality by the end of it heath had heath was playing a guy who plays a guitar uh and so he had max talent uh which uh i guess was a unique experience for him yeah. he doesn't have that in real life <laughs> poor old heath he's copping a fucking copping a beating in this podcast he's not even here to defend himself it's a bit rough and he's got a skull fracture we're going in on him it's some shitty stuff no uh, uh it was it was like pretty wild we forced him into a support role that i think he uh that really suited him because it meant that like if he was doing support things he wasn't attacking the wrong fucking enemy which was good mm-hmm. um but yeah, he had he had this loot, a guitar that would do, yeah, um, heal the entire party and that kind of stuff, which worked out really well for us uh, in the end because it meant that we were able to stay alive, basically. Uh, like, when I say I never died and I probably could have done it on my own, I would have needed to have all of the heals and I, like... <clears throat> I would have been healing myself where in circumstances where Heath had simply used a party heal instead, uh, which, yeah, obviously, if I'm alone, we don't need to heal a party. We just heal one yeah. person, so it's not that big a deal. But, yeah, it would have been complicated, complex for me to have done it on my own. I just, yeah, I'm also being facetious. I don't think I could have done it on my own. Um it was fun. It was like a really fun game. And like I said, like a, like a board game, basically. Uh, I think the biggest criticism I have about it, except for the ending being shit, is that it felt like... Oh, well, actually, bigger than the ending be shit. Uh, my game wasn't crashing at all, but mm. Drew's game must have crashed, I don't know, a dozen times? Like, seriously, a dozen times? No exaggeration. And when Drew's game crashed, it would take us all out. Right. It would boot us all out of the game. Um, I think it was losing sync, uh, or maybe he was party, like hosting the game or whatever. I don't know. But it would just hmm. boot us all out, and we couldn't fucking... It would take us back. It was like saving at the start of every turn, so it wasn't that big a setback. And there was sure. even one circumstance where a save actually helped because I got better rolls for the next time. <laughs> the next time I, I went in. Uh, but, yeah. By and large, that was annoying as fuck. Uh, and I believe it was taking down his entire computer or like half the time it was taking down his entire computer when it crashed. So uh, I very much appreciate Drew's persistence because uh, twice, I think a game gets to take down my entire computer twice before I stop playing it. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, I was saying there was something else that was bugging the fuck out of me, right? Like... The worst thing about the game, apart from the bad ending and the constant crashing, it well, wasn't. Not, it wasn't even constant. He's not part of the game. He's not. He's he's separate to the game. Uh, it wasn't even constantly crashing. It would just do like it'd have these spats where it just crashed like three times in a row or some shit, yeah. and you'd just sort of be like, oh, okay, well, fine, uh, and then it'd be fine for like four hours. Uh, that was the thing, right? Like if. 
it felt like it, it felt like a game you had to play in these giant runs. It's mm. not a game you could just sort of dip in and play half an hour of. You had to play it for a couple of hours because it felt like when we'd come back, it took a couple of turns to work out what the fuck we were about again. Uh, and yeah, so you'd lose some efficiency playing uh, the way we did. Or just when you came back from a session away, I guess. But yeah, that's about it. Uh, otherwise, killer game. Uh, cool. Absolutely worth checking out. Um, I don't know if you can play couch co-op, but if you can, it'd be one hell of a game to play with, um, with uh, like your your wife or whatever. Just sit yeah. on the couch and and play together. Or husband. Um, or, or husband, partner. of course. A partner. Or whatever. Significant other, brother, mother, father, whatever, sister, I suppose. Um, dog. Yeah, no, definitely worth checking out in that it is free. Yeah. Cool. It is right now. Yeah. I think by the time people hear this, it might not be. It'll be 20 bucks. But otherwise, Sweet. there you go. That's called uh, For the King. Um, let's blast through this news really quickly and get the fuck out of here. we got one question, late. I believe. One question. No, it's too late. Um, First up, there is a next generation Assassin's Creed title coming this year called Valhalla, um, being developed by Ubisoft Montreal, co-developed by 14 other studios, (laughs) which is pretty nuts. What? (laughs) Yeah. What? Seriously? There's 15 studios on this game. Good Lord. Um, um, So this was teased by uh, Ubisoft and Boss Logic overnight. And this morning, uh, he released, or they released a eight-hour sort of, um, like, him making a big artwork piece for it, uh, which is the was the announcement of the game, I guess. So once that finished, it kind of splashed up and said, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, trailer coming tomorrow. So within the next 24 hours, people will be able to see what this thing looks like, I guess. Are uh, you excited for Assassin's Creed Vikings? Because I am. I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I, I think the only thing that I'd want from it is that it, it not be... I felt like uh, Odyssey, Odyssey, Odyssey was... Odyssey was the last one, yeah. Yeah, t- too big. Like, there was, it, was, it felt directionless, I guess, at the end of the too day. Too much for you to handle. Too much for me, too much game for me to handle. Um, yeah, that was my problem with Odyssey. Uh, and like, as problems go, that's a pretty fucking nice problem to have. Um, that's a pretty awesome issue. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think the only thing that I hope they watch out for is, Mm. uh, if there are 14 studios working on this game, uh, I hope they make sure it is a tightly directed experience, not some sort of fucking insane broad effort yeah yeah like the- it, it sounds like um there was maybe 10 on odyssey working on odyssey um and those last couple of games have been pretty good like they're on a good track record between odyssey and what was one before that uh, uh egypt, the one in mate. egypt uh, origins uh, it starts with um, origins yeah <laughs> um yeah. 
yeah, I, I've been thinking about getting back into Odyssey because um, I, I, I'm looking for a new game to sort of fire up. And I was tossing up between God of War and uh, Odyssey. So I'm thinking I might might get back into Odyssey because I never finished it. I It came out during a time where it was pretty busy. And I remember really liking it, but uh, just other stuff came along. So yeah, I definitely want to get out and uh, check that one. So I guess we'll talk about it more mm. next week once you see this trailer um, and what yeah, exactly that's it looks like. Coming out at 1 a.m. tomorrow morning. Right. For me. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Next up, we've got Ghosts of Tsushima is releasing July 17th. So this is after being delayed. But on top of that, The Last of Us Part 2 now has a release date, which is June 19th, um, which is quite weird, I feel like. Uh, uh, this was delayed. and yeah. I, I was pretty sure this wasn't coming out this year. It was delayed indefinitely, right? Like, Yeah, and it turns out indefinitely so. meant three weeks. Yeah. That, like, it's an odd one, right? Like, Yeah. So on top of that, um, there was a massive leak over the weekend for Last of Us where somebody, it looks like part of the development team, released a bunch of internal uh, game footage and story details um, about that game. And uh, I guess some people are speculating that maybe that's sort of forced their hand to push this out early. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I... Sort of looked at the leaks. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I you know. I didn't do it on a purpose. I was just reading some stuff and uh, wound up getting a brief rundown on what was spoiled. Um, it's weird. Like the response to this these leaks has been weird, right? Because people mm. are like, people are like, fuck this game, which is odd to me. They're like, oh yeah, well I, you know, I don't give a fuck about this game now because it's all whatever, you know. I think you know they're going down the old SJW shit route, uh, which is always pretty insane. But uh, I don't know, man. Like it's it's weird to write off a game when all you've seen is basically the Wikipedia synopsis. Yeah, of it. maybe not even like uh, you know two paragraphs of the synopsis, and you're missing the rest of it. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, like it's yeah, it's just weird to be like, fuck this game. I don't know. It's just I, uh, people are weird, man. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm really shocked that this is coming out this soon. Uh, from them canceling pre-orders to them making it come out like really soon after the delay uh, i don't know something strange has happened there like you don't cancel people's pre-orders <laughs> and then i'll be like oh no actually it's coming out in three more weeks so um, yeah weird move yeah that's a real good point there there's something very odd at play here yeah i, I mean was there a decision to hold it back and then they went back on it like they thought maybe let's not do it i don't know um yeah anyway 
next up, we got Visual Concepts will not be releasing a WWE 2K game this year. Um, this is after the really bad reception last year where uh, they obviously took over from, was it Vooks? Ukes. I can't remember. Something like that. Um, Ukes. 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 And uh, Vooks is the, <laughs> it's the Nintendo site. The Nintendo site, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they took over from Ukes who uh, were making the previous WWE games. And uh, the 2K one was not received very well, very buggy. It was their first one that they slapped together very quickly. And um, so they'll be, they'll be passing on it this year. Instead, they'll be replacing it with WWE 2K Battlegrounds, um, which I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but this thing looks weird. Like, it's Battle like a... Battle I presume? Uh, possibly. I mean, it looks like it. It's looks what, like it's really? got characters not throwing people off a uh, off of the ring, but um, it's very cartoon style, sort of exaggerated body features. Um, I I don't know. Right. You should watch this trailer because it's really weird. Like the women do not look right. It's okay. weird arm proportions and uh, the, the Rock's head. Is very strange. Like the Rock's face looks pretty good, and the rest of him, yep. it's super, super strange. <laughs> anyway, um, so I guess that's what WWE fans get this year. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, got some Dice news. Dice won't be releasing any more Star Wars Battlefront Two updates or Battle right. Battlefield Five. Um, yeah. This is the last set of updates. I think. Uh, like April, May, June is sort of that's it for them, and then they're done. On top um, of that, there's no on. Battlefield coming out until next year. They've also confirmed, so I don't know what that they're was, thinking. Yeah, that's with what this. I was about to say. That's the weird part in this. Yeah. I think is that yeah, there's like not only is this it, but uh, yeah, there's nothing else coming either. Yeah, so it's going to be like a year and a half without updates to their services. Unless Battlefield yeah. is an early wow. game. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. That is huge. Anyway, um, all right, should we get this last email or question and then wrap it up? Question? Have you got it? Let's do it. Yeah, I got it. Johnny Bravo writes, Hey, gents, over the next week, there is new XCOM uh, Crimera Squad and Gears Tactics. I love these games, but suck at them. I watch tutorials and walkthroughs and accept that I'm not just being fucked by RNG. What tips do you have for these games? What genre of games do you wish you were better at? Yours in isolation, JB. Uh, I know what, what genre Luke wishes he was better at. Uh, shooters. He's terrible at shooters. Um, me, I wish I was better at admitting when I'm bad at things. It's not really a genre of games, but, uh, it's true. I'm terrible at, at realizing when I'm bad at games. No, I wish I was better at fucking RTS games. Holy shit. I love, I love RTS games and I'm so fucking garbage at them. I just, like, I don't know. I can't, if I'm being whomped at, uh, at a game by Gerald... The guy who shot an RPG into Nate, Nate's back for literally no reason and made us quit Blackout. That's yeah. when I know I, something's 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 going wrong. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Any t- any tips on how to be better at uh, um, XCOM Star Games? Gears Tactics is a really good thing where it's got like a tactical mode which you can enable, uh, mm. and that shows you like the RNG elements of the game being like, oh, here is why your your shot chance is only a sixty five percent and as opposed to you know a hundred percent. Um, it has like a breakdown of all right, you you're losing uh, minus fifteen for them being in cover, or you're um, you know you've got this status effect on you, or they've got some sort of status effect. So um, as opposed to just being like, I don't know why this shot chance is so low. Like, what is the reasoning behind that? So it gets a bit more detailed into um, specifics about why those numbers are like that. Um, mm. On top of that, the I don't like. I still don't like the RNG element of you've got an eighty-five percent chance of hitting this thing, and you like you completely miss it. It's um, that's a bit shit. I do like that they have partial hits, so at least you're still getting something out of you know. It may not be a complete miss. Uh, I wish they did more of that in that game, but uh, I don't know. I, I my tips. Are I I tend to play them like I have a tank. Um, two damage dealers or like a, two damage dealers usually like an assault rifle and a sniper rifle and then like your support guy I think of it along sort of that way um, Gears Tactics isn't as hardcore as like a XCOM game because you can't really screw yourself up like XCOM where you can get 40 you know 40-50% through the way of this game and you're like oh fuck I've you know i've built into the wrong thing and then you've wasted like eight hours of gameplay um like gears is from what i can see so far uh it's not like that so um if you want something that's a bit less hardcore i'd probably go for gears tactics but it's saying that i've not played chimera squad i don't know how how um you know focused it is on the bits outside of the strategy game like if you're building bases and that sort of stuff if you can really fuck yourself over um mm. so i don't know i'm not a huge uh tactics dork so i i don't really have some super ridiculous tips for for people out there uh yeah i'm not sure okay well uh i guess my internet troubles have uh complicated things but uh jb if i had a tip uh the best thing that ever happened the best way that i ever learned to revolutionize how i play tactics games is uh you you move in stages so you don't want to like the the biggest mistake i I see people making in in gears games i don't know if this is something that you know you learned in tutorial in in new videos already but big mistake i've seen people making is they try they do their move they move the limit that they can move all at once and then they'll attack when the best way you can fucking ramp up your gears game sorry your tactics game XCOM game is to move and then work out what you're capable of from a shooting perspective and then move again move in stages uh, and yeah you'll wildly change the landscape of how you play because it allows you to like obviously you still want to move and cover at all times but it allows you to analyze the battlefield from a multitude of of, of stages uh like from a, a multiple of perspectives um and yeah it's, it's a huge huge difference 
that makes a huge difference. So uh, that's probably my biggest, uh, I guess, advice. Um, yeah, moving is way more important than shooting because uh, there's no moving is guaranteed, and there's always a, a bit of um, RNG to your shooting. So movement is, you know, it's like a fucking battle royale game, right? Positioning, positioning, positioning. Uh, but yeah, too often I, I think people think of positioning as this uh, one and done thing. You know, you move in one go. You make you move or like, or you always move and then you always shoot. And it doesn't have to be that way. And you can really change how you play if you change that. Anyway, uh, this, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to end there, I guess I've been disconnected, uh, from Luke, so I can't hear him anymore. Um, but, uh, I will quickly say thank you so much to all our patrons. Thank you so much to everyone who's listening, uh, who listens every week, or if you're a new listener, thanks for listening. Just fucking thanks. Uh, and, uh, thanks for bearing with us during what is obviously a goofy fucking, uh, time <clears throat> with uh, extra challenges um, and we will catch you next week hopefully back to the what is the new normal and thanks to Luke as well anyway um, oh and uh, one other thing um, I had a really good fucking suggestion uh, over over the week um, to uh, I think it was 80 on Twitter said that what we should do is uh, do our spoilers at the end of the podcast, like we do at the interviews. That's a fucking fantastic idea, and we will definitely do it from here on out. Thanks for that idea, 80. Anyway, uh, catch you all next week. Bye. Okay, we're having some weird technical issues, but we'll wrap things up now. Um, Job has managed to disappear. So you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all those places you find podcasts. You can find us on the GA podcast or the gap, the gap podcast, all of those names uh, should show us up. You can email us questions. If you like to the GA podcast at gmail.com, you can find us on social media, facebook.com slash GA podcast, twitter.com slash GA podcast. You can find us on discord as well. The GA podcast.com slash discord. If you want to jump in and uh, chat to people on there, play video games. That's uh, always good fun. Otherwise you can find us on uh, YouTube as well. The GA podcast.com slash YouTube. You can watch, us chatting about video games as well as a um, bunch of video game footage we put up there each week. So this week I'll probably dump up some Half-Life Alex content. Um, you can also find us on our website, thegapodcast.com. It's got links to all, of it, all the things we talked about today, including past episodes of the show. And that's all thanks to our Patreon members who support this podcast and our websites. Uh, if you'd like to go to patreon.com, slash GA podcast you can do that and uh, help support this show we appreciate everyone that does that every month and uh, I think that is it for us this week you can find me at twitter.com slash Luke Laurie L-A-W-R-I-E you can find Job at twitter.com slash Joby Jojo and that is it for us this week we're back next week talking about probably more VR stuff and then whatever else Job's been playing so until then see you later